listening to the Wouldn't It Be Cool podcast with Chris Dempsey. Welcome to episode three. Today's guest is my very good friend, Nick Filth. I don't know, we had uh, a interesting conversation. It's actually a lot of fun. It takes a pretty radical turn from the first two you've hopefully heard. Um, Nick is a great guy. Nick is most well known as a uh, tattoo artist and shop owner, Hidden History Tattoo in Dover, New Hampshire. He co-owns with another good friend, Steve Minerva. And Nick is also just an incredible painter, an incredible musician, a will-be author, um, a great guy, a funny guy, a fellow vegan. And um, buckle your seatbelt. This one gets a little dicey at times, but it's fun. Enjoy. ready for this kid yeah yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah sure episode three it's official here we go i'm talking into the mic not to the person um episode three nick filth ladies and gentlemen um you're my first male yeah first male on the show yeah um nick filth ladies and gentlemen <laughs> nick filth is in the house ladies and gentlemen um because uh, I'm going to say things you haven't heard. Good. How do you like that? Yeah. Um, I might respond with some things that you haven't heard. <laughs> <laughs> some gestures I haven't seen. Yeah. Um, you, uh, Nick embodies the wouldn't it be cool uh, pillars, mantras, with uh, literally the four, because you are vegan. Yeah. You are an artist, so you live passionately. You're a vegan, so you're also compassionate. You also happen to be a nice guy, so you're compassionate. And uh, um, you also move. Mm. You do have the movement down. I noticed, yeah, yeah. I, I noticed the other day you had the bike out. Yeah. It's like first warm day. Yeah. So you had the bike out. Uh, it's, I'm actually going to be riding my bike for a while. Um, I kind of quit riding my, driving my car, except for today, for like yeah. long distances or yeah, yeah. if I have to carry something or somebody. Um, recently, like it was like raining, I think it was like Saturday night when I had ridden my bike down to the shop and it was like pretty cold out, like 45 degrees on the ride back. And both the guys in the shop were like, you're crazy. You want to do, we can give you a ride. But like, (laughs) I don't, I was like, no, I have my bike with me. I'm kind of in this spot right now where I'm trying to enjoy discomfort. Brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, actually a couple of days ago for the last, for three days, I didn't eat. Or drink any water. Well, that, well, that is yeah. discomfort. <laughs> so I was trying to really live in moments of discomfort and find the joys within that those time that time. <laughs> so I, I'm eating now. <laughs> yeah. I'm having and, a beer too. Some of the joy is back. Yeah. No, I actually felt probably yeah. better in those three days than I did probably for the entire week prior. Yeah. Well, it's a little, there's something clean about it. Yeah. 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 I felt great. I've never done it. I've never done like the fast thing, but there's there's a lot of. There's a lot of um, back and forth talk out there in the world about it, good or bad. But I recommend it. Yeah. Um, it definitely helped me slow down. Um, time felt a little different because you're unconsciously perceiving time all the time, no matter what. And diet, like when you eat, is constantly yeah. in your day. Yep. So when you eliminate that from your day, your day kind of seems like 
really quick, actually. Yeah. Because you're not breaking it up between meals. Yeah, yeah. And, um, but sleeping was impossible. I couldn't oh, sleep. Oh my God, dude. I cannot sleep when I'm hungry. I yeah. literally, like if I wake up in the middle of the night and I'm hungry, I have to eat. Yeah. I cannot sleep on an empty just, stomach. And the whole thing was trying to meditate through a lot of it yeah. and uh, trying to meditate when I was like trying to sleep and I just couldn't break through. Yeah. Um, so I was very restless, but I never felt tired. I never felt tired the yeah. next day. Uh, my hunger was displaced from pain to emptiness which actually felt more like alive. I felt like yep. more of my whole body. Um, seems weird. I recommend it. Yeah, I yeah, think yeah, it yeah. was really... I, I actually do it every now and then. I, it's not the first time I've done I it. I know what you're describing. Like, well, I, I do it um, uh, inadvertently a lot of times. For some reason, I, I, I'm thinking back to when I was opening my gym and mm. my days were like, 18 hours like i was there till like and you just hours and hours and hours would go by focused yeah yeah my favorite (laughs) Um, but like with no food all of a sudden you're like you didn't eat but yeah i know what you mean like you don't have like i'm not necessarily hungry i actually feel like i have a lot of energy Mm. i actually don't want to stop because i'm on a roll i don't i don't want to eat and uh one of the one of the first guys before i was vegan and i reached out to this dude who i kind of follow kind of a mentor in the uh um, workout world and so i reached out to him for food and his that was his kind of big thing he's like we eat way too much we do we we eat way too often and it does kind of harken back to like you know way back caveman-ish way back where you only ate when you could when you had food so we definitely didn't have breakfast lunch and dinner schedules i don't think we eat when we're hungry i think we eat because that's when we're supposed to eat and we've been taught to eat at a certain time and what a meal is supposed to be it's all a preconceived concept of two things when and how much and but i'll actually add to that with uh um nutrients yeah. So sometimes like late, especially lately, that's my thing. I'm battling with this actually a little bit right now. Cause I'm like, I'm thinking I'm not hungry, but I know there's good stuff in this and I'm trying mm. to eat like this wide variety through the day. So I'm like, well, I have right now an opportunity to eat squash cause it's in my hand, but I'm yeah. not really hungry. I'm just going to do it. And then maybe I'll go a few hours, but then grapes are in front of me. Yeah. In two hours, I eat grapes. Well, grapes and, have all these vitamins, so now all of a sudden you're eating yeah. all these grapes. You yeah. Know? So I almost feel like I'm overeating, but at the end of the day, I don't think I'm eating too many calories. No, you're not eating too many no, calories no. if you're eating grapes and squash. <laughs> <laughs> Unless I'm eating all of the grapes and all of the squash. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's funny. Um, but uh, so Nick Filth is a tattoo artist. Yeah. Nick Filth is a musician. Yeah. Nick Filth is a business owner. Yeah. Nick Filth is a painter. Yeah. Uh, artist sort of like medium artist artists are yeah, a big word it, you know it's it encompasses tattooing absolutely well art i mean that that's so you're also a um going to be author a yeah will, will a writer, be author hopefully yeah. a writer. hopefully i'll be published but you right are now writing. i am writing yeah, yeah, yeah which is new yeah which is cool it's very that's cool awesome. on yeah. the way over here nick announced to me that he's ten thousand into his twenty thousand goal word uh book that will probably end up being significantly more than 20,000. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, Hopefully. Yeah. But artists, yeah. Artists, I was going to say sort of at the end that all of that combined is just what you are. You are an artist. Like you're one of the most yeah, true living artists that I like know. That's cool. Personally. <laughs> um, because you're, it's just like the most genuine, like every single thing. Like I, I'm telling you, I literally like notice it. I'll get a text from you. Like the other day we, Nick Filt is responsible 
partially with, I like to take a little bit of credit for it, but you did my theme jingle. <laughs> okay. and, uh, you were and, there. Yeah, I was, I was there. <laughs> <laughs> I was the guitar stand, yeah, as I recall. Yeah, you were the guitar stand. <laughs> and, uh, but, uh, but even when I got the email from you, the title was Welcome. Oh. And when we were doing the thing, the wel- when I was recording the welcome, it was yeah. a very funny yeah. sort of scenario, like going back and forth. And then when the thing came, it was you wrote welcome. Yeah. And so I laughed. I knew, I knew what you were doing. I knew what the humor was, and I laughed. And in my head, it was like, it's constant with you. Everything I see you do, everything you say, every sort of correspondence we get always has this element. To me, it's art. To me, it's like Nick as the artist. He cannot live that way. It's funny, the, wor- the word artist comes with, uh, you know, pompousness, you know what I mean? When, in my world, you know yeah, what I mean? I, yeah. I, an artist would probably never want to go around calling themselves oh, yeah, an artist, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know? Oh, yeah, yeah, I know. And I know. so that's something that I had to think about, you know? Am I an artist? Am I just a tattooer? Am I yeah, someone yeah. who just does tattoos and well, somebody no. who, like, does, plays guitar and, like, does right. all this stuff? And I'm like, I have to get used to the word artist. Am I an artist? And... Yeah. Over time, I, I'm definitely becoming more comfortable with that word. I would hope so. Because the, the, what, like what you're describing is kind of like, that's like buying into something. If you're going to say, well, an artist doesn't want to be called an artist, you're sort of buying into this like... Uh, well, if I go, like, let's say you had never met me before and you go, oh, like, tell me about yourself. Yeah, oh, I'm an artist. Like, <laughs> what do you do? Cool. I'm an artist. Yeah, I do everything. <laughs> yeah, I anything. Do everything. I'm very, very creative. <laughs> You know, that sounds terrible. <laughs> okay, I see your point. Yeah. <laughs> but what's what's also interesting um, about you and uh, I think really cool about you is that you are also extremely hardworking. Like yeah. you have, you know, you have among the best work ethic of anyone I know. I don't believe in downtime. Yeah, no, clearly. And, and it's... Uh, but it's impressive, and it's also not necessarily like a typical artist, you know. Um, although the more artists I sort of know, and, and like watching my son do art, and my and uh, Howie, who's a, a big figure in our life, um, is an artist, and, and it actually is a ton of work ethic. When you start to take that word, artist, and you start putting it over different people, you know, there's some people who doodle or draw mm. or paint or play guitar. But the word artist doesn't necessarily fit, you know? Yeah. And this could get right here could sound like I'm being egotistical in a way. But like if you put that label over like our friend Kenley, like yeah. artist totally fits oh because God, it's yeah. she lives and breathes it. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's another great example. But I can't think of somebody else who I wouldn't want to label one and it would be rude too. But um, you know, that la- that word is very appropriate for certain people, you know what I mean? Yes. Um, and yeah. I think to be an artist, it needs to be ever flowing out of you. You embody right. Right, art, right, right, you're right. creative, you're it, constantly It's sort of doing. what you're saying is because you do some form of art does not necessarily... I don't check in and do art. Right. You know, it's right. just, I'm, I, I'm, it's, I'm, it's going oh, yeah. all the time. I, yeah, 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 I definitely think about it. I my dreams are about my book, you know. Like, yeah. and then if I'm not dreaming about that, I I take those dreams and I write them in the songs or I turn them into tattoos on people's skin. You know? <laughs> yeah, I have yeah. a really great clientele that allow me to do stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, um, take us back, baby. Take us back. <laughs> Nick Phil's born. <laughs> born, yeah. Born Nick Dubois. Yeah, born. Born not Nick Phil. Yes, born not Nick Phil. In, in did Londonary, did uh, did Lee, your lovely bride, officially take filth? Not yet. No, 
She has technically I'm Nick Dubois, yeah. Oh, you are? Yeah. I thought you were legally Nick Phil. No. No, I kind of uh, use like the Muddy oh, Waters thing. Uh, what I, for, I forget Muddy Waters' real name, but he says, uh, and if it was my name, it would be... Uh, he must know, Ron must know. Yeah. Um, would you know his real name? No. He's finding out. Find <laughs> if he knew his real, if his real name, whatever, it would be my name or whatever. He says yeah. like, um, well, I pay taxes by the name Nick Filth, but I live by the... Uh, but I, I pay taxes by the name Nick Dubois, oh, okay, but I okay. live by Nick Filth. McKinley Morgan, yeah. McKinley Morgan Field. Oh, cool. Interesting. Yeah, pays taxes by McKinley Morgan Field. Yeah, and lives by Muddy Waters. Yeah. So, so why? Well, I thought you were going to. I was going to. I don't know. I don't want to go to the court. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I literally just don't want to walk yeah, in just that don't building. Feel like doing any of that. Yeah. While you were there getting married, you didn't. Uh, no, I did that at town hall. <laughs> uh, did that at town hall. I had to go to court. I have to go to court to change my name. Oh. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's not just, whole, just like paperwork. I thought it was going to be easy. We like went to the DMV. Uh, and no, no. Still I think Nick you should Dubois. do it personally. Yeah, I would. You should just do it. I think about changing my name again. I was recently just thinking about like how uh, I don't even want to be called like Nick Filth anymore. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, cause that that name, I got that name during like probably a darker time of my life, right. where I'm probably like, the happier <laughs> oh, yeah? time okay. of my life. You know? But I always thought Nick Filth wasn't necessarily a dark name at that yeah. time. Uh, later in my life, probably because I tried to continue using it. You know? Right. There was this whole tattoo thing too your name nick filth and you're doing sterile tattoos you know right right right. i like your uh your email sign off if it ain't filthy it stinks <laughs> yeah. yeah exactly <laughs> um yeah i could have sworn lee lee took phil's where did i see that i thought i saw Show her somewhere. name on on a oh, social my. media is called something filth you oh, know okay I don't want to put that out there, so we got all these yeah, creepos yeah, yeah. on uh, the podcast, searching <laughs> yeah. my wife. Ooh, yeah, next time. <laughs> something filth. <laughs> I'll start with out. something filth. <laughs> a lot comes up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, and and you, Nick, and I met in Portsmouth. Yeah. Um, I walked in for my first sort of like bigger, visible tattoo. I had I had like one on my upper arm. Actually, I think me and Ron were just talking about it when you came in. I think you just came in to check out the shop. Uh, correct. That's Actually, it. That's right. And you're we right, kind of right. like hit it off because yeah. you were like, "Oh, um, I got this piece from Jason Scott. I got this piece from Scott Harrison." I was like, yeah. "Whoa, Scott Harrison! Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. let me see that thing." And you're like, yeah. "Oh, it's like an old friend of mine. And I yeah. got this bike wheel tattoo." And then. Incidentally, it was like the first time you had actually met Kenley now that we just brought yes, her up. But that's right. yeah, we were sitting out front and the three of us were just oh, yeah, you know in right. tears laughing and yeah, it, just yeah. the three of our kind of humor all gelled. Yeah. And uh I knew I liked the two of you. <laughs> but you had known her a while. No. That no. was the first time you met her too. I met her the day the shop opened. Oh, that's so weird. Yeah, yeah. I didn't really know her very well. I, I, knew I guess she that was makes sense now that I think of it because you were living in town. Because you were where before Portsmouth? I was working privately in Rochester, which was actually the shop that I've worked there now three different times. Right, right. Uh, the nicest people in the world, Body Creations Tattoo, have given me my apprenticeship and right. let me go there while I opened up my own shop. Uh, amazing people. Yeah. 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 But well, yeah, right. I just that's came right. out of there to go work at Ironworks. Yeah. So I, so I walked in the shop just to sort of check out the shop. I want another tattoo. Yeah. And then like I, and you knew Scott Harrison. Scott Harrison, by the way, is a childhood friend of mine who's, I mean, how would you describe him in tattoo world? Like, oh, I always man. just say he's just basically he's like the a joke, famous he, tattoo He's the Joker guy. card. He's the Joker card yeah. in tattooing. Um, I don't know how to describe him. Professor Welt. Professor Welt, yeah. yeah. Um, he's a big, big finger pointing at, 
all the things that are wrong and right in tattooing. It's if there's a hand behind that finger, it's fucking Scott Harrison. He is something else. He is something else. He's the loudest, quietest guy in yeah, tattooing no, too. You know what I mean? That's a great like, way to put it too. He's he's uh, he's gonna be a historian. There's gonna be books written about that yeah, guy. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah. But he won't be in them. He won't. He won't help. Yeah. Or maybe he will. I don't know. He's so confusing. Yeah. So that was that was sort of our connection. That's sort of why we started like like really chatting. Absolutely. Um, and then I, mean, I, th- I mean I think I I think that day like I hung out for a while. Hung out we for a while, yeah, sitting, and, like yeah. an hour, yeah, at least. Then we showed up, and then yeah, and then we hung out even longer. Yeah. And how? And when was that? It was actually like quite a while ago. Yeah, it was like two weeks after the shop opened, which would be in like two thousand and nine. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. I actually thought it was longer than that. Yeah, I think the shop opened in 2009. Yeah. When did your shop open? Um, three years ago, so 2013. Yeah. Well, I think it opened in 2012, but December or November 1st or something like that. Right. So we've been open for three and a half years almost. And then I got my tattoo there. I actually booked a tattoo that Where? I actually paid money for. Where? For with you at Ironworks, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah you I, paid, you I, paid me money. I booked the, I booked the panda. Yeah. In like I don't know, maybe three, three sittings. Something I'm sure, like, I'm sure. Something like that. Yeah. And the rest is history. Yeah. And we just keep going. <laughs> and then it turned into trade. Yeah. Which is yeah. why I don't pay. I'm yeah. Like, I actually, I don't just run every time Nick tries to collect money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't take advantage of the fact that I'm faster than him. Yeah. <laughs> and then you help build my shop. Without even being asked. <laughs> so that's, that's pretty nice of you. Yeah, I'm a nice guy. <laughs> I do things you're like passionate. that. You're compassionate. That's right. <laughs> and I'm fast. Yep. Um, so, uh, so, yeah, take us back. Nick Phil, didn't graduate high school? Didn't graduate high school. I mean, how far back do you want to go? I, can, I, like, I was, was Londonderry <laughs> way back. Thumbs back. Uh, <laughs> born in Londonderry, New Hampshire. <laughs> Um, I have a twin sister. Oh, I uh, always forget that. Oh my God. I always forget that. that. Where does she live? I have no idea. Oh God. (laughs) I got a little brother, a father and a mother. I, and I, and I've, and I've only met the dad. You've only met the dad. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Oh my God. I can't forget. Like siblings. I forget, let alone twin. Twin sister. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So go on. I don't know. You're gonna have to. You have to provoke Londonderry. me. Like, Londonderry. Londonderry. I don't know. Like went to school. Like uh, pretty rough childhood. I'd say. Yeah, yeah. You know, you were a skater kid. Yeah. Musician. Yep. Yeah. I got. I, I played guitar. Like when I was like in first grade, six. Man, I was like six or seven years old. Yeah. I had my first guitar, and I was learning how to play guitar. I would say that was like the one like thing that my dad if i was to say like my dad gave me something it was music yeah um so i learned how to play that you know self i'm sure yeah yeah he kind of was like here's the guitar (laughs) and (laughs) see you later yeah gcd here's the pentatonic (laughs) scale i didn't know how to tune it you know and that was just like learning it through friends learning how to play yeah yeah my childhood was pretty fucked pretty pretty rough (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> i know yeah yeah a lot of hitting <laughs> a, a lot of hitting yeah why i don't know it's just a, a an aggressive household oh really yeah yeah you didn't know that no oh yeah 
Yeah, my mom was pretty aggressive. See, I, that's I don't know anything about your mom. I keep getting these like little whiffs of it. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, I don't talk to her. You know, I mean, I don't want to sit and badmouth her either because uh-huh. like I, I love her, but I don't want her in my life. Yeah, yeah. You know what oh, I mean? Yeah. I'm very cool with her being where I don't know where she is. Literally. Unfortunately, she has she knows how to get a hold of me, but I don't respond. Do you literally not know where she is? No idea. I would assume like. I, I have a, a, an idea of where, but yeah. I don't. I have no idea. Yeah. If I want to get a hold of her, I would not know how. Yeah, it's like my dad. It's yeah, like my dad, somewhere. Not interested. West Coast. Yeah, I think. <laughs> and same with my dad, which is kind of weird. But he somehow got my number recently, and he's been calling me almost about two times a day for about a week, saying currently that, right now. Currently right now, I've just gotten two today. Weird. Uh, say, and the voicemails are: I just saw you just called. Um, let me know. I don't know what's going on with your phone. Like, talk to you soon. And it was, it was like, wait, that's what his message, his messages are. Yeah. It's like, oh yeah, you just called, calling you right back. And I'm like, I don't even have that number in my phone. Don't, (laughs) didn't have it at all. I remember the last time. You're like, who is this? (laughs) Yeah. No. Yeah. It's crazy. And meanwhile, excuse me, what month are we in? So a few months ago, you were telling me that. He was dying. He was dying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I found that out from my uncle, yeah. Yeah. And then he wasn't. But that's like that's that's like autumn for me. You know what I mean? That's yeah. like once a year my dad's got a gun to his head or something, you know, or yeah. like he's got terminal illnesses, you know. Terminal addiction, from what I understand. Yeah, alcoholism. Yeah. Is that all he dabbles in? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, just drinking. Vodka, cheap liquor. Oh boy. Yeah. <laughs> plastic bottles you know smart yeah when they slip they out break. of his hand he doesn't cut his toes that's it <laughs> we found him up in the ceiling in the shop oh really when, yeah oh, that was like yeah. my one oh, last yeah. thing i was trying to help the guy uh i remember that actually or i was trying to like maybe like give him i was trying to give him some purpose I'm trying to give him like an opportunity to kind of like get back in my life and be like look at all the cool stuff i'm doing you mm. know what i mean like i fucking made it you know what i mean mm. like you should be stoked like your son is like what you know like you said i didn't graduate high school you know what i mean i was fucking addicted to cocaine when i was a kid i've been to jail i was one of the 10 most wanted juveniles in america when i was 15 years old you know what i mean and now i own my own fucking business i don't do fucking crack anymore and i'm just like doing my thing and i'm like super positive and uh kind of maybe like okay you helped me the first time now i help you this time Mm. you know what i mean like maybe this time i'm your dad you know do you think uh, he took it that way now i'm helping helping you i don't know i don't know what it was i think the guy was just like He's just—he's lost, you yeah. know. And you—and it's like—it's weird because it's you. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's your father. It's a window into who you are. You know what I mean? Sometimes I—I oh, yeah. I make like a sound, like a sound comes out of my mouth, or or mannerisms, and I'm like, I, I can see myself. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. a—it's a little thing. Dude, like, I, I know actually have the same thing with is. my dad, and I haven't lived or uh, yeah, same thing. I haven't spent time with him in decades yeah and i still something about the way i gesture reminds me of him and it's the same there's something that i do now and then and it's i catch myself doing it and unfortunately it it should feel like home those moments should feel like good not completely like like not scary you know what i mean yeah and i'm like (laughs) i don't want to be anything like that you know what i mean but now i just notice it and kind of carry on and and just witness it for what it is i was wondering if that's like we both sort of share that and we share that um where they're not in our lives and we don't want it you know what i mean we and but we see we we recognize those things but we we uh we we uh 
we consciously don't seek out the actual relationship mm. because we don't want we don't want to recognize that the similarity is there because we don't want it to be because we don't want to be anything yeah. like what they are. My relationship with my father is far more recent though. So like oh, yeah, I definitely yeah, yeah. put like forth that like my my help, you know. Yeah. Um it's just you're helping somebody who doesn't want help. Yeah. You're like he wants to die. And that's cool too. Like if you want to die, die. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, do your thing. You know what I mean? Hopefully next time it's better. That's all <laughs> you I can do say. a better job. <laughs> no, yeah. Like next time you oh, feel better. Next, you know what I mean? Next life. Yeah, yeah. You know? He's just he's he he's got inner demons that he's not oh, working yeah. through. Oh, you he's know? sick. Yeah. When we all are, you know what I mean? Like yeah. deep down, like there's like total love, unconditional, like purity in that guy, just like it is in every person. But it's it's just covered in like psychic armor and just feeling bad, you know? Mm-hmm. And he's just doesn't want to face it because whatever it is, it's bad. You know what I mean? And, you know, I could often wonder, oh, is he sexually molested? Like did something right. really bad happen? I know that he went to a, um, like a clinic and he... Did like a hypnotherapy. When was this? I would say four years ago. Mm. Came out of it. He told me it was it was crazy. Like he came back from Florida and he like lost all this weight. And I told him, I'm like, I I've known you my whole life, but I feel like I'm just meeting you. It was, was like this before unreal. the shop. Before the shop, yeah. But close to. I feel like I heard he about went Florida. he went twice. Oh, he, he went to yeah, Florida yeah, yeah, yeah. another time, and it yeah. was like. I don't know. He knew that he knew the, what he had to do to get out or yeah. something. You know what I mean? It was the first time. It was crazy. Hmm. But it was it was it was literally like I was meeting like a new person, but the person that I like knew when I was a kid. You know what I mean? Yeah. But even though that guy, even when I was a kid, was still kind of a mess. You know what I mean? It was the person under all the stuff. You know? And uh, he told me that he had like uh, hypnotherapy, and when he something that became uncovered was when he was a little kid. Um, they were all playing out. He lived in Lawrence and they were playing out in the snow. They were like six years old, something like that. And um, his friend went sledding and a truck ran over his friend's head. Uh, right in front of him, decapitated oh his friend's head. Oh and they're like God. standing there. And he was like, oh, I forgot about that. I totally. I forgot and he's like, yeah. That. And it was like when he came out, he was vomiting through his hypnotherapy. Yeah. And I was like, Jesus, that's Holy terrible. Shit. Like you saw your friend get decapitated when you're, you know, a kid. It's like war shit, you know? Um, that? that puts a little piece of the puzzle <laughs> together, you know what I mean? But then there's another thing too, you know, like uh, what if that's not true? You know what I mean? Like your mind is is a oh, really yeah. crazy place, you know what I mean? And, and yeah. that could be not verbatim. That could be a... Uh, perceptual like a manifestation to it could have been to, a story it could have been something that held back you know like your dreams sometimes you can take them and, and dissect them and go okay this is what it represents you know what i mean it wasn't that i can fly you know what i mean like it yeah. it, it, it might represent something but it might not have actually happened yeah. so i think that there's a lot of work that needs to be done in that guy but he's also i think he's thankful he's old because he's like on his escape route. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think he's like, well, now I don't have to work hard to figure out all these problems. I can just drink myself till I'm dead. Because yeah. I'm like, what? I don't know how old he is, 68 or something like that. So he's just like, young. screw it. Yeah, totally young. You know what I mean? Like, But in his mind, uh, he was dead when he was 40. You know what I mean? So yeah. like that mindset was just, he was, he's been walking downstairs for a long time. Crazy talk. Yeah. And it used to, dra- I used to walk down those stairs with him too. 
you know and that's the thing when you when you walk down those stairs and you start kind of bringing them back up a little bit and then he's like running down and you're up the stairs and you walk back down you're like i'm done walking down the stairs man yeah you know i'm cool where i'm at my life is great you know so i love you but there you are yeah and right before the shop i feel like wasn't he found like in his backyard with a gun in his hand yeah yeah like that was during a tattoo i was in the middle of a tattoo um, oh yeah, when you got the I never yeah, let my yeah. client know. Yeah. It was pretty crazy. I got a text. I'm tattooing my client. I get a text that says I love you. My ta- my dad doesn't ran- yeah. send out random texts like, saying, Uh-oh. Oh cool, I love you too, Daddy. <laughs> no, no. It was like, <laughs> all right, that's fucking weird. Like so I called my step I was like, Hey, hold on a second. I just got like I just gotta make a phone call real quick. Ran out front, called my stepmom, Patty, you've met. And uh, I was you're like, like, you're hey, never going to believe this. Yeah, I was like, my dad loves me. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was like, uh, I think something weird's going on. I think like, you know, are you with him right now? And she's like, no, I'm at work. And I'm like, I just got a text that says I love you. Like, She's like, oh, she drops everything and runs She was just like, you're scaring me. And I'm like, yeah. you need to be scared. Like someone needs to get to that house. Yeah. Somebody showed up down the street. He was there on the back of the porch with a gun to his head. And they <sighs> pulled uh, the cops up there and... um when they got him, they, the craziest part about this story, he was sober. Oh, weird. Yeah, he was sober. They, ch- they did an alcohol test, and he was dead sober. That was a sober decision. Oh, weird. Yeah. Yeah. And I, that, that part always is like a little heavier. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, sure. Yeah, because con- it was a conscious oh, decision. Oh, so you he wants really out. want He wants to, out. Yeah. But I don't think he really did, because he wouldn't have sent that text. You don't send that text. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I know you, he loves that, me. That text said, please send help. Send help. Yeah. yeah. And I did. <laughs> so there. <laughs> you owe me, Pops. Yeah, you owe me. <laughs> just don't call me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just just owe me by just like, you know, working on yourself, being better. I can hear it in your yeah. voice when you call and leave a voicemail. Spooky. Yeah. Mm. Um, well, that's not taking us back. <laughs> kind of does it yeah, gives, no, gives it you does. a window yeah, into yeah yeah yeah, yeah. but That's... actually i want to know more about your mom okay because she's like i said I, I keep getting these weird little blips like when did she leave your um uh, home and i don't know that she did leave yeah, your no, home so I mean, she kicked like... me out okay so when i was so all right they get divorced when i'm 11 um tough he age. moves in right with uh with patty pretty quickly you know what i mean is like that he, why they divorce yeah i mean yeah. they're you know he's a mess and yeah. she's a mess and yeah. it's a mess you know what i mean like that's all it is two people shouldn't have had kids you know what i mean they yeah. needed to really do some work on themselves before they started bringing some other people into their lives you know mm-hmm. um into the world for into the world yeah. yeah and uh when they when they got divorced you know my mom went we even even worse, like way worse. Like she became the suicidal one, and my and oh. my dad became like the one trying to pull her out. You know, my mom was uh, like I said, like abusive, and that stuff just got like railed way up. And I like it's kind of ironic that we mention this. I catch myself doing things and sounding and mannerisms mm. like my father. So my mom hates my father, and I am emanating nothing but my father's likeness mm. and she hates him you mm. know what i mean mm. so everything i do every time i slip up every time it's just just like your dad yeah just like your dad like you know what dad. i mean so it was bad yeah. Yeah. yeah i like just it was rough yeah. so it was like you know it's one of those things where people are like oh and then you turned to drugs because you were escaping like I, I didn't really think i was you know what i mean i didn't think i was escaping i was just like i didn't want to be home 
Yeah. But I didn't really think like, oh, I'm looking into this like experience to get out of the experience I'm in. You know what I mean? Like you're a kid. You don't have that much foresight. You're just like grabbing at opportunities because life is just coming at you at all different directions. You you saw more of an opportunity, not an escape. Just like, it was just like, whoa, you want to do crack? Yeah. Like, hell yeah. (laughs) Who doesn't? (laughs) Yeah. That looks cool. You guys look like you're having fun. Yeah. Um, but then I, so I did to be, to be clear though, I wasn't doing drugs when I lived at her house. When she kicked you out, you weren't doing no, drugs. No, I had smoked. You were playing guitar. I played guitar downstairs, wasn't doing my homework, right. depressed. I was a depressed kid because yeah. look at the situation, yeah, you know, yeah. surprise, surprise. And I was downstairs in a basement listening to Alice Cooper playing guitar, right. you know, like every yeah. other kid, you right. know what I mean? But it was, I think, I really do think a lot of it is like a resemblance of, of my father that came like into yeah, like yeah. me. It was me being singled out. It didn't happen to like my twin sister. It and didn't happen sh- to my brother. You, oh, were you showing um, her that you wanted to be with or near your dad? Or was it, you think, just I didn't want to be near anybody. I think it was just, I think it was really, I didn't want to be home. I didn't want to do anything. I showed nothing. I think I just showed like emptiness. I think I was just completely in a shell. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because that's one aspect of a child when you're going into high school. So now we're jumping ahead. So 11 was when they got divorced. So 11 to uh, 12, you know, uh, 12th grade. Oh, so what was I? I was like eleven years old. So I was twelve years old. So what grade would I be in there? Sixth, no seventh grade. So it was fifth grade. I think they got divorced. But when I got kicked out of my house, I was in freshman year of high school. So between Where'd that time, I went up to my father's. Oh, yeah. Okay. But between that time, think of the things that change in your life there. Oh, yeah. Week to week are, is, is huge. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And then going from elementary school to junior high school. Mm-hmm. So in my town, elementary school was split up in three schools. So when junior high happened, three schools merged. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, and so yeah, in yeah. elementary yeah. school, I was class president. Oh my god. I really was. And it wasn't because it wasn't because I'm smart or anything like that. It was because I was charismatic. Like, I was I was the crazy kid. <laughs> I was loud voice. because I was like in at my house I couldn't talk. I you know, uh-huh. I was beaten all the time. So I was like I was just like there, you know, in my house just doing my thing, you know? And then when I was at school i was like yeah some freedom you know yeah. what i mean like these t- teachers can't hit me these can't you know, nothing <laughs> so i just like acted out so all the kids liked me because i didn't care yeah. nothing could yeah, yeah. make me nothing feel could be worse nothing could home. be worse yeah. detention cool keeps me from home right. from getting hit you know right. what i mean so sounds a little bit like my childhood not no, no, i didn't have any like my my mom was awesome like i yeah. didn't have any of that stuff at home but i like i wasn't scared of anything at school like give me detention like okay yeah that's not gonna that's not gonna work <laughs> you were just a jerk <laughs> <laughs> yeah to my to every authority figure yeah. in sight you bet i was yeah it was weird so when we go from you know the small elementary schools to the the junior high where three schools are merged and i'm in my mind kind of like i'm yeah. pretty settled in i'm class president and, you know everybody likes me everybody knows each other's names yeah and all of a sudden i'm like small fish my parents are divorcing. You know what I mean? Like, I hate my life. Hate it. Mm. You know what I mean? I don't want to go to school. When I go to school, I just want to, like, screw off and just, like, do, you know, what I want to do, you know? And it just got worse and worse and worse. Yeah. But I never really did. I, I can tell you one time I smoked weed that entire time. Like, yeah. one time. I didn't even get high. Like, I don't even know if it was real weed. It was just, like, some crap that the kids yeah, yeah, rolled yeah. up. And I remember, I remember that day. But I don't in remember. In what grade? I would probably say seventh. Seventh okay. grade. Maybe eight, maybe eighth grade. Yeah. 
I remember skating. I remember the kids that were with me. I remember where we were. I remember they like put out all the weed and stuff. And I was like, oh, you left some. And they were like, dude, that's like nothing. You know what I mean? But I didn't know. I was like, every little tiny molecule of weed I was like trying to pick up. I remember that day. So that's the one time. You know what I mean? But in this time, my mom was like, so my, my uncle is an alcoholic. And he had gone through AA. And he's like a, uh, he's a stand-up guy. Um, he's like, uh, runs like the AA up in uh, Littleton, New Hampshire right. and stuff. And um Still in touch with him? No, no, I don't. Oh. I'm not in touch with anybody in my family at all. Um, but he, so she would send me up to him, and he was like, "You gotta clean up your act. You gotta do yeah. this stuff." And I'm like, "I feel like I've done all these horrible things." You know what I mean? When I really haven't. I'm just a depressed kid. That's like not. I mean, I'm just not. I'm not doing the things that they think I'm doing. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have the traits. I walk the walk you know what i mean yeah. but like i'm not doing it you yeah. know what i mean i was londonary there was no there was nothing there for me to do you know what i mean so i don't know what happened i don't know what the final straw was but eventually my mom was just like you're moving in with your father uh tomorrow <laughs> and i was like oh okay she was like you can call your friends but you're not going to school tomorrow you're packing up so i called Weird. my friends and i was like I thought it was funny. I was like, guys, just put up like a bunch of like, have you seen me flyers? And they did. They put up, have you seen me flyers <laughs> with my face all over the school. Oh, and weird. I just never went to school again. All of a sudden, there's my twin sister going to school and her brother's not there anymore. You know what I mean? And at no, and at it, what grade? That was ninth grade in the beginning year of um, under high school. So, so now you guys I, did, you guys did nine, 10, 11, 12. That was your high school? Yeah. Yeah. The, the so high school. You didn't 9, go 10, 11, to any 12. high school. No, no, I went to my father's house. So now I have to go to high oh, school right, in right, Plymouth. Right. Different town. Different yeah, town. I had to go to high school in Plymouth, which is like very different from, yeah. from Londonderry. Um, this podcast is going to go out all over the place. So uh, to explain, Londonderry is not like a city, but it's kind of rich. Uh, there's a lot of people there. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of stuff to do there. And Plymouth is in the middle of the woods. Um, literally like miles and miles and miles yeah. of nothing. Yeah. Ski resort. That's all you got. Like it's the and, town yeah, that you, small, you're, like you're, when you visit, you go, oh, I'd totally love to be here. But when you look at it, you're like, you don't want to live 10 there. Minutes. Yeah. Like you're going to go do karaoke on Thursdays. <laughs> like that's all you have going for you out there, you know? So that's where I went, you know? Um, and now I'm like super into punk rock. I'm like, I uh, got in with uh, some of the kids out there playing music and stuff, just finding who I could be, you know, friends with. <laughs> which was good because I found a bunch of like, you know, loner kids that were like me, like living in the trailer parks mm. and they were all just like musicians. Um, one of them being my best friend now, um, Kyle right? Bennington. Oh yeah, yeah. Kyle Bennington. He didn't live in a trailer Wait, park Kyle or anything. Kyle Bennington is Kyle. Um, oh, Kyle. Kyle, Kyle he helped me build yeah, the shop. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Who's like a, a third of the way done with his back piece. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> For the last three years. <laughs> <laughs> Nine years. He yeah. should be done. <laughs> Yeah, like a gorilla. <laughs> oh, so he, <laughs> so he, uh, so he, so he's at Plymouth. So he grew up. in He's Plymouth. like one of the first kids that I met there. Oh, okay, I knew uh, he was a very old friend. Yeah, yeah so that's where I actually kind of like to think like the whole like where. So there's all this stuff that happened in my life, but then like my life kind of like began here. Mm. There was this big turning point where I was in. Where Nick. Yeah, where filth Nick was filth. sort of born. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can pinpoint where Nick Phillips was born. Um, yes. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so I meet uh, the kids there, and we're in this trailer park hanging out all the time. So there's this really one loner kid, um, and his father is a 
VFW from Vietnam. He's like the kind of guy that you see in movies. Like he's yeah. not stable, you know? Um, he has like, oh, he's fucking cool though. Like he had like full sleeves of like, um, you know, like dead Vietnamese dudes' heads on the end of bamboo, like super intense dude, yeah. like biker yeah. guy. Nobody messes with this dude, yeah. you know? Um, his son was the dude that you mess with. Like, I don't know how he made this little thing, but his son was like, his son was like just the little kid at the end, you know, like we at the end of the table that I was new. So he was like, Hey, you don't know anybody. You don't know how I, nobody likes me. <laughs> Be friends with me. All right, cool. But he was like, he's a nasty musician. He actually taught me a ton about mm. guitar and stuff. So I would hang out there. We tried starting a band. So the guy's father, this kid's father, he like, went nuts and sh- literally shot his gun at the courthouse just one day. Just shot a gun at the, at the, at the building itself. So he's in jail now. <laughs> yeah, they were like, well, that's weird <laughs> and dumb. So you didn't hurt anybody, but you're still going to jail. Forever. For a, a long time, yeah. yeah. He got out. I actually saw him yeah. like a long time later while working at a bar. And uh, But while, so his son is <laughs> 17 years old, turning to 18. And um, he... His father's his father is the only one that lives in a trailer with him. His mother lives in South Dakota, and he's like just about to be turning eighteen. And school was like, he's actually incredibly smart. He's a really gifted kid. Mm. Um, they were like, if you maintain a certain grade grade average and you show up every day, we will allow you to live on your own. You're emancipated, mm. and uh, until you graduate high school, he was like, all right, cool. He like didn't have anything else to do. He just got on a bus every day and like went to school. Oh, so I would just. I would just leave my house all the time. Like I would leave at like two in the morning, just walk out my window. Somebody would pick me up and we would just go to Josh's house and his trailer or whatever. And we just hang out. So once I feel, I do feel like maybe some of these names should be like edited because like, like (laughs) criminal activity stuff. Like, but you know, yeah. Like, so his dad, his dad was like, um, in jail and was like the tough guy but it was where all the drugs were coming in and out of the house you know mm-hmm. what i mean so like when now there's nobody there except a bunch of like 16 year old kids 11 year old kids you know what i mean mm-hmm. all the kids from the trailer park hanging out at josh's house because there's no parents there you know what i mean but all the drug dealers still show up and the drug dealer's like i'm not leaving okay. this place is cool you know what i mean it's just a bunch of kids here no and, one can fuck and with me the kid josh yeah is like kind of you're not yeah you yeah. just you just he's like a q-tip with long hair like that's he's the skinniest person <laughs> i've ever met in my life um so he's like no please <laughs> no they're don't all, yeah do that <laughs> <laughs> so he was just in this room playing almond brothers or whatever you know and these other guys were just there and so we all became friends you know there was like the crazy dude named sleepy time ted and then there was like uh geez what's the other guy's name i can't remember but they all spoke with like vampire accents because they would do crystal meth all the time and never sleep they were up at night all the time so they'd be like oh nice to meet you you know they were like, what the hell i can't remember what they were called Oh man, I'm gonna get stabbed <laughs> if I say anybody's <laughs> name. <laughs> so you'd be found. Yeah. Um, so that's where I started doing a lot of cool drugs. I started doing like, you know, that's where everything came in. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that was where you got coke. Yeah. It turned. It just drug dealers had rent money. That kid had no rent money. You know what I mean? So they, yeah, I was wondering about that. Like, how did Josh? That, that still was getting paid for. Stuff. It was getting paid for from his father, but like uh, he was like once he turned 18 he it was his yeah. so he just started renting out rooms to like weird goth dudes who oh, oh man there was weird. this like one goth dude an who was like 
Yeah, no, yeah, definitely. <laughs> I mean, there was like, I remember there was this one summer, we, I called it, the, it was a summer of acid. And we were all just, it was the first time hey, I had ever done acid before. I, had, I remember I had taken like two hits. And you know that clip on, uh, on, on the internet where the, the little kid in the back of the car and he had just gotten out of the dentist office oh, yeah, and he's yeah, like, yeah. and there's this moment where he goes, is this real life? <laughs> And there's like there's something in my heart that makes me feel so sad for him because I'm like, oh, you're experiencing the bigness of all of this like way too soon. Like that's like 16 dark side of the moons on and like you've taken acid. Then you go, is this real life? Right. You know what I mean? So Not I was having those from moments. A dentist. Yeah, exactly. A lot less romantic. So that's where I was having those moments, you know? Um, yeah. Oh, man. That, this goth kid in the back, dude, was fucking crazy. Um. <laughs> Like, just give you ideas of, like, what was going on at that place. Like, uh, the police were called because that kid in the back, he was going to all these pet shops saying that he was buying rats and stuff for his, for his snake. You know, a snake. He would, like, push pins in their heads while he was on drugs and stuff. He would, like, cut out their hearts and stuff, pour it in, like, uh, martini glasses. It was crazy. Like, I'm t- that's just giving you an idea of, like, yeah, this yeah, place yeah. was a bad, yeah. bad place. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And I, it was, like, yeah. my, but it was my home. I didn't yeah. want to go home with my dad. I hated my family. Yeah. You know what I mean? Over there, all I did was get in arguments and listen to them laugh and eat food and watch TV. I hate, yeah, yeah, I hate yeah. that. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, They're yeah. just stuck, you know? Yeah. I wanted to do fun stuff at least that stuff was creative <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> I want, but yeah and the thing was is like i became a super like i became way better at art and and i i don't take back any of those moments no, you know no. what i mean sitting in that place and experiencing what it really was to have like this like real life you know what i mean like not like sitting in a in a house with the safety no of, life of of your parents saying this is when you come home this is where you can go who's going to be there i was like hanging out with drug dealers and like people way older than me i would ask my parents for five dollars and fifty cents can i sleep over josh's house yeah can i get five dollars fifty cents for lunch uh for food and they're like yeah sure five dollars and fifty cents is how much it cost at that time yeah. to get a 12 pack of natty ice right <laughs> and then there was a kid there all the time that your was dad like, didn't oh, know that he's like wait a minute yeah i just spent five dollars and fifty cents yeah an exact change <laughs> But yeah, that's where I would go. He's like, no, I only have four fifty. I could finish a twelve pack when I was like, uh, when I was so I was there. I was fifteen years old. I could finish a twelve pack by myself. Oh yeah, and that ice, the highest alcohol content and that and that stuff, you know, in that genre. Yeah, in that genre, (laughs) and that that great beer. (laughs) It's a domestic beer. I. uh, yeah, because that was like a goal of mine. Because I still had cons, I had like some friends down in uh, Londonderry and stuff. They were all like punk rock dudes, and, you know. All the punk rock dudes were all like, drunk punks, you know. Yeah. So they do just drink themselves crazy. And now it was like a that's like lifting weights when you're a kid. Like how how much can you drink? How much can you can you smoke? Or how much drugs can you take? You know what I mean? Oh, you pussy! You can only do that, yeah, and then yeah, they yeah. just go even harder. And then now all of a sudden they're the ones passing out. You know what I mean? But yeah. that was like that's fun. That's like what you're doing as a kid. Yeah. You know what I mean? I do. Yeah. So that that time was it was good and bad. I still visit oh, yeah. it. I visit yeah. it all the time. I drive through that loop. Oh really? That that house is that trailer's condemned, but I drive by it all the time. Is it is the is the structure actually there? The the structure is there, but it's like I don't know why they don't just tear it down. Yeah, it's yeah. a disaster. There's a guy across the street named Jigsy McStagger. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> what a wreck. I I could not understand a word that came out of this guy's mouth. Um 
except for a few I'm not going to say but <laughs> <laughs> there was uh, the trailer I mean the whole thing was it was the Red Green show the whole thing was put together with duct tape and cardboard and yeah. stuff you know what I mean and he's still there Oh I drove by, he's still there. Oh, and it's, and you get, I know, so I really scary. love kind of like looking in the, the little bits of window I can see and kind of like get a view of like what it's like to be, you know, like, like that life, you know, because I was so close to being that, mm. like accepting that, you know, because there right. was so much like hatred in my, in myself at that time, yeah. you know. But I came across so many huge realizations during that time because when I'm doing psychedelics or, or mind-expanding drugs at that time, sure, my headspace was bad and the environment was bad, which is the exact two same the, the two things that they say you're not supposed to have yeah, 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 set yeah. and setting. Right. I mean, it's from the old yeah. Norman Zindler book uh, talking about um, the proper use of psychedelic use is set and setting. Yeah. Set being yourself, your mental space, and setting be being ready, the place that you're doing right it place. in. I was in the wrong place and I was in the wrong headspace. Yeah. But when taking those drugs, it confronted me with how bad it really was. And eventually I started to kind of like extricate myself from it. I didn't want to, I didn't want to be part of it. saw a view out. I just was like, I didn't want, I didn't see a view out. I saw a view of what it really was. I was getting a view of the sacredness of life. And I know I say that to you a lot, the sacredness of Mm. life. And I was wasting it. And I was like, I no more. I can't be here anymore. Mm. And, um, the big change, like the, the Nick filth change happened, um, when I had taken like a, so, oh man, I'm kind of just skipping forward here. Um, me and my friends were hanging out downtown one day and, um, there was like an older guy in town who was like a Coke dealer and, uh, he was like a frat dude or whatever. And he was nuts. So I loved him. Mickey McFace head. Yeah. He was just crazy. (laughs) And he got riled off me because I'm crazy. I was a kid who would do anything. You know what I mean? So we just started drinking. He was like, bought us tons of beers and we were drinking and he was like, let's climb on top of this bridge at like two o'clock in the afternoon on a Tuesday where all the cars are driving by, like looking. I'm like, hell yeah, man. Like, let's go. I got nothing to live for. You know, like, let's go. So we like go up on top of that. All my other friends were like, this is ramping up way too much. You know what I mean? So they all like kind of scattered off and we we're hanging. I remember it was beautiful sitting on top of the, like, I don't know how to explain it, but you know, those bridges that it kind of go like this, you know, and you, I was just like sitting oh, yeah, on yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Like you could just walk the metal, the metal bridge, like across the, to Maine. Yeah. Like those big steel bridges. Dude, I was on top of that. Oh my God. It was, it was one of the most scariest, awesome things ever. Oh so then we did like a bunch of Kalatapin behind this like alley <laughs> And then we, he, then all of a sudden he, that's when like, he went like, and like ran up through the alley, grabbed the trash can from the street and started throwing it on top of cars. And I was like, Oh, I'm, I don't know if this is really happening or not. So I just got on my skateboard. I remember I made eye contact with these two guys, a guy and a girl. And I was like, guess how old I am? And they were like 27. I'm like, I'm 15. And they were like, okay. And then I turned around and the cops were there and I was like, shit. And I like got on my skateboard and started started to go. Cop grabbed me, put me in his car. Um, my parents were, I don't know what they were doing. They were doing something in Manchester. I don't know who takes a vacation in Manchester. <laughs> they took a vacation. <laughs> when you're in Plymouth, New Hampshire, you take you vacations go to Manchester. To Manchester. <laughs> so they were on vacation in Manchester. So they couldn't release me. And I was also underage, so they couldn't put me in a cell, technically. Yeah, I guess yeah. they couldn't put me in a cell. They had to put me in a holding room, which was just a conference room that had... Nothing. It was just a chair. So I dismantled this chair and slept there all night. I don't remember throwing um, dumpsters on top of cars, but that's even my friend said I did it. I don't remember. I, oh, yeah. I really do remember talking to the people asking how old I was and stuff. But 
That's so random. Guess how old? Yeah, I, I know. And that's I always and they gave like, you and a they were number. Like Twenty-seven. I was like, <laughs> nope. Like, nope. You guess again. <laughs> yep. Cops are here. All right. And uh, <laughs> yeah, so now I'm waiting, and then my parents pick me up, and I have to go to this like program where they're like, you're gonna go into this thing, and it's just like an outreach for kids. And I'm like, I, my, my father is doing all the communication for it. You know what I mean? I'm still like leaving all the time. You know what I mean? Like I go home, I just hang out for like 10 minutes, eat some food. And then I just escape again, hang out with my friends. Mm. I mean, I was known like, f- like as the town drunk, I was 15 years old. I would pass out like on the side of the street, you know? I, I remember like drinking, it was like Lucky Dog beer. That's like what my dad drank. So I was just drinking Lucky Dog beer at like four in the afternoon, just like not knowing what, what, how, what a beer would do to you. Like there was no like, there was no like concept. So it was just like, drink it, yeah. drink it. Yeah. I had a beer gut when I was like 15, you know? So I was just like, scape. I, I, I was really stoked. I remember when I was uh, living at that house because my window was downstairs and we lived on a ski resort. So my window all the snow would come up and I could put a 30 rack of beer inside the snow and close the window and they could check my room and I had no beer in it. <laughs> it was pretty awesome. But it's pretty awesome. <laughs> at that time. <laughs> so I, um, I go through this drug court program. They want me, they want me to go. And the first day is, it was, I remember it was supposed to be a Wednesday. And I, on Tuesday, I am hanging out with my friend it's kind of it's very eventful kind of kind of so I I'm hanging out with my friend and we're at this place we're actually we're gonna take you on June 25th you're gonna oh, go yeah, you're yeah, gonna yeah, see yeah, this place yeah, I'll show you yeah, yeah. and uh, we're like hanging out yeah we're this hanging is out where in the fuzzy fuzzhead lives <laughs> yeah <laughs> I scored this off him that's the guy who ate the rat and <laughs> <laughs> he's still there he's got a tail oh, hanging out of his mouth <laughs> hey what's up Nick hey, hey ratty rat <laughs> been a long time. <laughs> So I was hanging out there, and I remember I slipped, and I, I fell, and I like hit my head on this uh, rock, and uh, I got a concussion. I was covered in blood. I like We hitchhiked a, a ride back to town. I went to the bar that I worked at, washed my head off, and I was like, I'm not, I'm not feeling good. I'm literally covered in blood, yeah, yeah. and uh, I got a ride back home. And then my dad, as soon as we get home, we get a phone call from the place being like, why isn't Nick at this thing? He was, he was like... Uh, he's, he's not, he was, he's with me. He just hit his head on this thing. He's like, I'm taking care of him right now. He's like, well, he didn't show up. So he failed. Like he has to go back to court. Uh, my father had told me the wrong day. Uh, so I, so I got, had to go back to more court. So that, so that thing was like easy. I showed up. Yeah. I, I don't know. Maybe I did some community service. I'm not really sure what I was supposed to do even, but I know I was told the wrong day. So I was just screwing off that day. I knew it was supposed to be the next day. It wasn't, it was the day that I hit my head. And then I had to go back to court. So now I'm in this new program that makes me get two urine tests a day. I had to have a curfew. I never was on an ankle bracelet or mm. anything, but I was on a, a curfew. I had to check in to a court. And I had to you call did a, all that? I had, I had to. I, I, it was or, like jail. Mm. You just go to jail. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Um, so two urine tests a day. And I remember my first urine test, I had done tons of coke. I had done tons of it. And it, I was like, I'm, go- I'm just letting you guys know I'm going to fail my drug test because I did tons of coke. And they were like, uh, well, thanks for telling us. <laughs> I guess we'll just see what the results are. Fucking weirdo. Like, yeah. don't say that. <laughs> maybe you don't know how this works. Yeah, yeah. So you're supposed to lie your ass off. <laughs> yeah. You're supposed <laughs> to, to have out. your friend's urine yeah. in your pocket. <laughs> so um, I, for some reason, I came out clean. I came out clean. You know, and so I didn't go to jail. 
Jesus. And um <laughs> sounds like someone loves you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I came out clean that time. And uh And here you are. And here I am. Yeah, I imagine it would be pretty different. What's that? Oh, now, if I went in. Now it would be different. Pretty well, different. I went to jail after that. Yeah. How old were you then? Maybe it was like seven was months later after that. Oh. Well, no, you'd still be here then. Yeah, I'd still be here. <laughs> It'd be fine. <laughs> you shoulda. But the um so I had to go through all this stuff, constantly doing all these drug court programs and I can't, there's the, the part that I don't remember. There's my mushroom experience and then my leaving home experience. I don't remember in which order they happen. I'm not sure if there's really, if it matters, but I would say that I probably left home first. Um, there was a week that my parents were going to be leaving and they, we talked about that at drug court, you know, and they were like, this is in front of a judge. This is in a courtroom, you know, yeah. with tons of other kids who I, be, kind of became friends with, even though they were like, they were, they were just because they were just like me, you know, they're living the same life, you know? Um, and this week that I was supposed to stay at my house, um, they were like, well, you could stay with your mom. And my mom's like, no, I don't want him staying with me. So I was forced to stay at home. So they took that as like, Nick, this could be your time to shine. You know what I mean? Like you stay here for a week and you do good. That shows like so much improvement. And I was like, yeah, sure. Whatever. (laughs) So me and my friends just oh, like yeah, that's what I was thinking too. We, yeah, we're like, oh, cool. So, I we my friends broke into a bunch of cars and stole inspection stickers and we stuck it on a, a beat up car. Got a inspection sticker on it. Put the registration on it. I remember my friend said that you could live a long time off um, loaves of bread. So I just took all the loaves of bread out of the back of my out of my kitchen, hopped in this Ford Tempo with a video camera and just drove away. We went down to um, Virginia. Oh and my! It, yeah, we got and dude, it was. It oh, was, that's when you were the most wanted. You were. I wanted, ended up yeah, being yeah. the tenth, one of the ten. I don't know what number I was, yeah, but yeah. my probation officer 10. told me should, I was that's, top ten. That's still good. Top ten. Top yeah. ten still yeah. good. Yeah, yeah. I could have been ten, not two, but I could have <laughs> been ten. That's good. But you could have been ten most wanted juvenile in America yeah. at that time for a week. They found me in Rappahannock County. So they found you. They found me. You they found you me like, sleeping in a car. I, so we pick up I can't the believe that. Yeah, I picked up a girl that I met on the internet. It's like, dude, this is the week. This is like yeah, the week man. I lost my virginity. Like it was like the craziest week. Weird. Yeah. I had a video camera on me and I even videotaped everything. Even the deflowering? Not the deflowering. Oh, no. Jesus. You could have been rich. You could have been rich. Yeah. Like. So uh, this is a different uh, podcast from the last two. <laughs> the deflowering. Yeah, <laughs> the deflowering of Nick Episode. <laughs> um, put the M-A symbol on this one, maybe, or the E symbol for explicit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah they, fa- they knocked on the window. I remember we had fake names. Uh, so when the cops found us. And, so, uh, that, I mean, it was by chance. They, just, they see this kid sleeping in a car. They, so, and so they no, no and Kyle they say, Bennington was you? with me. Cal yeah. Bennington was with me. Jeff yeah. was uh, this other kid, Jeff. And it was like, yeah, yeah they saw they saw license yeah. plates and we were in the middle of nowhere, four kids sleeping in the car, you know what I mean? Knocked on a window. With but they New were tra- they were tracing place. us because yeah. my parents came back. I was think I was gone for more than two more than two weeks now, I think about it. Yeah. My parents were gone for a week. They came back, found I wasn't home, started calling the police, police started looking around, and then they started finding us in like old Saybrook, Connecticut. Because the car got left there and Jeff got put in jail while we were there because he had burn marks on his lips. But then we stole the car out of, out of an impound lot 
picked him up at his court hearing in Connecticut <laughs> and then um, drove down to Virginia. And that's where they found us after we picked that girl up. So then we came back and... Uh, after we picked that girl up. Yeah. I remember I went... Oh, man. Oh, Jesus. So they... I love the total disregard. So then we just stole the car back <laughs> out of him. <laughs> yeah. We... Um, well, we needed a car. Yeah. What, Kyle what? just walked in and said that he was Jeff and they didn't even ID him. I'm Jeff. I want I'm my Jeff, car back. I'm Jeff. I want my car back. Like, All right. Okay, Jeff. <laughs> Joe, get him the car. He's Jeff's here. <laughs> I'm sleeping at a church, mind you, at the time. I'm in there. I remember like um, everyone standing up, you know, and doing the praise and then sitting back down. And I remember being in the back, this homeless kid. And um, when the people stood up, I stood up too because I didn't want to look like I was out of place. <laughs> And I was like, dude, I'm so out of place, man. <laughs> oh, he, oh, he totally belongs here. See, he stood up when yeah. we all stood up. Yeah. And he's laying back down. <laughs> yeah, and we're laying all laying. Back down snoring, and this other kid picks him up. So then we picked up <laughs> Jeff, and we went down to Virginia, and then we got picked up by the cops and uh, went to jail there. That was, that was crazy, man. And a couple of things, a couple of two parts that I remember about that was, um, that was one of the, I was one of the only white kids there. Um, not only was it Southern accent, but it had this, you know, it was ghetto. Like it was yeah, like, yeah. I had, I literally, it was like, I could have been put in a Spanish prison. I could not understand them. Right. I just didn't know what they were saying at all. Yeah. Um, the other white kid was, uh, his name was Rooster. Uh, there was two, there was two white kids actually. It was one kid from LA. He had bullet wounds like all over him. You remember he was telling me on, on his way to kindergarten, this is a story to me on his way to kindergarten, Jesus. he just got shot just on his way. You know, that was like what they would do out there. Yeah. It's like, oh man, that's crazy. You know, and then that's like, what that starts putting your life into perspective. What the yeah. hell am I running from? Right. You know what I mean? This guy's getting shot in L.A. Yeah, five. And yeah, and I'm, I'm just being a dick. I'm pissed. Yeah, I'm just pissed. My yeah. my parents don't like me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or they don't like each other, and I don't like rules. You know what I mean? There's other kid. They call him Rooster. He had burn marks all over him, mm. and uh, he didn't say a lot. But the one thing he did say to me, and I never forgot, is that he said that he had cut open a dog's stomach. And he filled it with gasoline. I don't oh. know why he told me that, but it's all he told me. Dude, this is coming out of the mouth of a 15, 16-year-old kid. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, what the fuck, you know? Yeah. The other kid that I got, I got shackled. We had to go to our arraignment. I got shackled to this kid who looked like a totally normal kid. And uh, he, he had, like, shit all over himself the night before. You know what I mean? Threw You're it, at, threw it at the guards. Yeah, he was, like, eating it and stuff. Uh-huh. And all the other kids do it. I don't know how all the information got passed around because he wasn't, like, in our block. But I'm, like, shackled to this kid. And the other kid I was shackled to, when we, go, when we get out into the van to go to the court, it's, um, it's November. And he goes, oh, man, the snow's gone? And I was like, dude, it's November. Like, it's been, like, almost a year since the snow's been oh, gone. Oh, my. Yeah, and you know, little things like that, you know, just kind of, I never forget those moments, you know, they really put, like, the whole thing into perspective, you know. Um, So they they were just, they just shipped me back to New Hampshire. And this was 2011. I know, now I know, it it was, no, it was 2001. It was 2001. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) 2001, sorry, because it was right after 9-11, because it was November and September, September 11th had just happened. Oh, weird. And I am now shackled. I have blue hair. I'm skinny. Oh, I had gang. I had gangrene too on my thumb because I had ripped my fingernail off from skateboarding. I was just living in a car, um, so I was just a mess. And that's I'm, perspective to our relationship too, because 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 I was actually just listening to something the other day about like you always remember where you are at these certain events. Yeah. So, so September so nine eleven. I yeah. remember where I was. Yeah. 
and it was very, very different from where you really? were. Because yeah. I mean, how old are you right now? I'm 31. Oh, 31. Yeah, I thought it was like yeah. 30. I forgot yeah. whether it was. So like we're we are 20 years apart. Yeah. So yeah, I'm you, a kid. Yeah. So when you were doing that, yeah. I, I remember I was like uh, 9-11, I was walking up the driveway to my house and meeting the cable guy for the house that we just built. Crazy. Yeah, like my kid, you know, I had kids. I had built a house Whoa. and I was there, you know, making sure that the cable was going to be installed. And I you were shackled You were shackled to a guy <laughs> who had shit this himself. This was in November, but I was, yeah, roughly right after, yeah. <laughs> roughly. But I, so the, the, the reason I mentioned it and I remember this is because on my ride back, and I, had to go, I had to go fly home. You know, I'm in Virginia. I would be back in New Hampshire for court. So they flew me home on a, on a jet. And um, <clears throat> the cop drove me back. And I'm going through Washington, D.C. I leave at JFK Airport. And the Pentagon... Mm. is i dude it's got a hole in it you know what mm. i mean and like my concept of things that were going on at the time i knew it had happened but like I, my whole world was very very yeah, small yeah, yeah, yeah. you know what i mean yeah, yeah. and i saw that i was like whoa what is that you know what i mean it looked like a movie set they're like oh, the country's under attack yeah, it's like what <laughs> the hell is going on you know and um i was like yeah i remember kind of hearing about that you know and uh, I'll never forget seeing told that. told me about it. <laughs> and then uh, I go to um, the JFK National Airport, and I've got blue hair, I'm wicked skinny, and I've got, like, ragged clothes on, and I'm just, like, walking out. So shackled means, like, my ankles are together mm. and my, le- my, my wrists are together, and those are attached together. Mm-hmm. So I'm hunched over walking, jingling, change-sounding, yeah. like, chains yeah, yeah. through an airport. And, dude, like, this is after the yeah. airport, you know what I mean? People so, are like, looking people at are looking like... at me. The, it, I parted the seas, yeah, yeah. you know what I mean? It was just on opposite sides. That's Everybody crazy. looking at me. I'll That's... never forget it, you oh know? I was, God, I was sure. like, a, essentially, it would be like a celebrity, yeah. but the opposite. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, Manson's a celebrity, you know? Yeah. So I, um, I go... I actually flew home on a private jet. The only other person that was on the jet was... Um, What's his name? Senator Kennedy. It was one of the Kennedys. Oh, really? Yeah. Was on the jet with you. Was on you. the jet. I never saw his face. Um, my probation officer told me that. That is weird. Yeah. It was me. Especially at that time. That's super weird. Yeah. That yeah. they put a, sh- sh- you know, a shackled kid. After the Pentagon just got yeah. fucking blown yeah. up. Yeah. On the back. I was shackled the whole time. Even on the plane. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Because you were planning your escape. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah. You probably told them you were planning your escape. <laughs> By the way, I'm planning my escape. Yeah. That's insane. Yeah. That's crazy talk. That's awesome, though. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> so <clears throat> the other part that I was going to mention that I couldn't remember if it happened in order or not was the psychedelic experience. Shrooms. I think the one that really like shaped who I am today. Yeah. Um, before. Yeah, sure. Um, I've been talking long. No, no, but music is still like, you're kind of just always doing music at this point. Mm-hmm. Like you're not letting it get in the way of that kind of fun, but you're still doing it. Like you're, you're playing music on your downtimes. Have you started tattooing yet? No. All right. No, no. We'll get to that. Yeah. So there's this family that moves up the street from us when we still live in Plymouth. And uh kid born same day as me, same year. Um, so we become friends. And his parents own a head shop. They're like super hippie. And I was like, awesome. <laughs> Finally, something around here. You know what I mean? Because yeah, yeah. it's miles, miles and miles and miles before you see. Like my friends lived in 
towns that were far away and no i mean you know it's yeah. it's far 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 away to see your friends out there so it's cool to meet these people and uh there was this kid that showed up there one night and uh he was like i got mushrooms man you want some and i was like do they show up on a urine test and they were like, he was like, no, man. It's just food. It's just, yeah, <laughs> just food. Yeah. No, he's like, what are you talking just about? Man? I'm making D. pizza, dude. <laughs> and uh, I was like, yeah, man, how much? I don't know anything about it. I will do it because it's the only thing I can do. And he was like, 45 bucks. And I was like, all right. Don't even know how much I bought. $45 worth of mushrooms. If my memory serves, that's a lot of mushrooms. It was a lot of mushrooms. Yeah. <laughs> Gave the guy $45. He hands me a bag of mushrooms. And I go, so what do you do? Do you like make a tea or you like, what do you spread it on something? He's like, no, man, just eat it. He's like, this stuff's wicked weak. Just eat the whole bag. So I ate the whole bag. Oh, my God. Right then. Oh, okay. <laughs> eat the whole bag. And uh, now I'm sitting on the couch. I don't know how long. I don't know anything. You know what I mean? Now, there's no guidance into You're this about experience. To. And... Uh, yeah, I remember laughing. You didn't have a and mentor. Nothing. No, I'm just hanging out with like another kid, probably eating Fritos, watching SpongeBob, and his parents are asleep upstairs. You know what I mean? We're right down the street. This is at this is at their house. This yeah. is at the hippies' house. And um, I remember I started laughing a lot. Everything got really funny. You know, just tears running from my face, just uncontrollably laughing. So then now they're they're laughing at me. I'm the only one who's taking them. Uh, so I'm the only one sitting there. Yeah, I mean, there's like. A 13-year-old girl. I mean, it's their, their kids. I'm with their family, you know? Yeah. And um, I'm just laughing and laughing. And then I just started getting wicked political, just talking about, like, the system, like everything that I hated about it. And I, I actually took a bunch of money out of my, my wallet, and I burned it. <laughs> and um, I kept telling them to find more and more money in the house so I could burn the money. <laughs> and... Um, I was like, there's got to be somebody here that's got, like, t- just $2. I'm trying to make a point. <laughs> you know, like, and so I, I, the thing is, I can't fully remember a lot of circumstance in the way that things had happened, but I do remember the kid that had the trailer. Me and him didn't get along after a while. We got into a fight or whatever. We didn't talk for a long time. So there was something that happened during the psychedelic experience that I really wanted to, like, mend our friendship. I wanted to... I wanted to reach out to him, mm. but my fingers didn't work. Like I couldn't do it. And I was like, call this. I could barely, I always say like the way to give an analogy or a metaphor of how I was at this point of time on my experience. Have you seen Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas? Oh yeah. Do you know where Dr. Gonzo? Oh, wait, wait, I read it. I didn't see that, oh. movie, but I did read it. It's there's one this, of my favorite books. There's this part when Dr. Gonzo is laying in the bathtub and he's listening to um, Jefferson Airplane play White Rabbit. And uh, he's trying to tell Hunter, when White Rabbit reaches its peak, throw that grapefruit at my head. <laughs> and it's like, I'm not doing that. Like, why would, but it's his mannerisms. Are, he's trying to get the words out. It's, this is just a mess. Yeah. That was me. I'm trying to get this kid to give me the phone so I, could, I couldn't do it. And I'm calling. I'm just, hey, man, I'm sorry. I'm sorry things are such a mess. I'm on mushrooms right now. Like, I love you. And, you know, and I'm starting to open up. You know? And I remember laying there and... I remember seeing a a light a picture of a lighthouse and I could see the waves kind of crashing against it. It was really like kind of dumb stimulus stuff that I was kind of dealing with. Not a lot of internal things going on other than me wanting to reach out to that kid. And I remember the situation getting a little bit too much and I was like I got to go outside. So I sat outside and I remember hearing drums, like tribal drums like way off in the distance, which now I actually think it's my heart. Mm. It's just beating, you know. And it was I, I didn't have the the knowledge to kind of bring that into what it could have been. 
So eventually I started to make my way back to my house. I was like, oh, I feel pretty good. And anybody who's done psychedelics knows that when you start to feel like you're coming down, that's like kind of like your first wave <laughs> of many, many, many waves of eternity. Depending <laughs> on the size of the bag. Yeah, exactly. So I was in this weird moment where I'm like, oh, I'm done now. I'm done. I'm going home. I'm going to go sleep. So I went back to my house. I walk in and my parents actually had friends that were moving and because they were moving, they stayed in my bedroom and they set up like another room for me. But I had totally forgotten about that. So I mm. walk into my bedroom high on mushrooms and there are people in my bed. And I'm like, not knowing if it's real, not knowing if they're there. Like, and I'm like, and then it comes to me. And so I walk back upstairs and I, I go up into my, this room that they had set up for me, which has no windows. It's just utter blackness. And I lay there in a psychedelic experience. And so now I start to get these weird sensations, like um, sounds of cars driving by, um, the, um, the look of um, like when a car drives by and the lights of the car like kind of mm, cast a, yeah, yeah. a thing on the, on the wall. That travels. Yeah, that was kind of happening. And I was, what is going I, I felt like I was back in the house that I was growing up in when I was a little kid. When I was back in Londonderry, I felt like I was there. And I was like, oh, man, this is weird. Like, I'm getting all these weird sensations. I was hearing the sound of my mother's voice. I was hearing mm. the sound of the dog that we had when we were little. All these memories were coming up as sensations. Mm. And, and, and there were more than just the, the, the sound of things and the look of things. There were the emotive connection to them. Like, I felt mm. certain feelings I had forgotten. You know, sometimes like when you smell something and it brings back a sensation, yep. it's those things. That those things were all coming back. And I felt like I was they were slipping away from me. They weren't they were showing up to let me know they were leaving. Mm. And all the lights that were casting above started to kind of swarm into like this really colorful like nebula. And the nebula kind of turned into like the solar system. And I was, and when the solar system came into like full like visualization, I recognized it for what it was. I go, I'm dead. I died. I'm, I'm, I'm. I've left my body. I'm outside. All of those sensations and thoughts and feelings, those were, those were leaving me. I'm no more. I'm for, I'm formless. And uh, I need to sit here and stay in this limbo and wait for what's next. And the cosmos just kept spinning. And expanding and expanding. Because we know the, the universe mm. is constantly expanding, so we think. And with that, it would collapse upon itself. That's how stars implode. They, they just get bigger and bigger and bigger and they collapse. And that's I, what it was doing in your hallucination. In my, well, was it like, wasn't doing it over and over again, uh, but it was me recognizing that, oh, that's what's going to happen. It was mm. metaphorically being spoken to me that once it reached a certain point it was like stretch stretching a rubber band to its maximum and it, it you know it, it let that go. was going to be it seems like that was going to be part of the letting it all go once yeah. it went you were going to be able to, so that was your Maybe permission come back into my body it was your permission to let all that stuff that was coming back as memories go yeah and then come back into your body as you were nick Fils was born what well what it what it came through in that moment was when it expanded it would it would burst and all the pieces would come back into that thing where we consider the big bang mm. that point of energy where it just gets tighter and tighter and tighter and combusts and in my mind i was thinking of like let's say you take a 
trillion piece puzzle makes up whatever picture you want it to be. And you take it apart and you put the puzzle together and you see the image and you take it all apart, put it back in the box, you shake it up and you let go. And then you put the puzzle back together and it's the same picture. And I was like, that's what's going on here, that this is happening over and over and over again. And that's what deja vu is. Mm. That, that mm-hmm. feeling of like, oh, I've done this before. It's, oh, I have done this before. Infinite amount of times where there is no beginning and there is no end. <laughs> and it really made me incredibly depressed after. Yeah. Because I felt like there was no meaning in life. You know? And I, I had like a, some visual stuff going on after where I, you know, I felt like my body looked gross. You know, like that things looked bad. I, I hated human, the human form. And I was probably angrier after my psychedelic experience um, than probably I ever was in my entire life. Had you taken a hallucinogen before? I had taken that? acid before that. Yeah, That's and right. and my I had just taken two hits and uh, had a wild ride. And like I remember fun. it was just fun. It was fun and scary, and like there was bad times and good times through the whole thing. But I remember being like, we listened to Pink Floyd, yeah, and I was like, play that. Play the, it was, we, we had records, you know, so play that side of I'm a gumma again, but make it a different song, you know, like just make it happen <laughs> again, but make it be different, you know, just having a blast, you know. Yeah. But this time it was like me being alone yeah. in darkness, facing myself and the big picture, you know, um, which at that age without any guidance and taking a tremendous amount of oh, mushrooms, yeah. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. In, a, in a bad time, I'm... I'm, a, I'm in drug court, you know, like I barely stay at home and all that stuff, you know. So it's like a really weird time to be taking something like that, like unguided too, you know. So I was left with this, these huge hints on what all of reality is about and no idea how to put it all together. And so it, I, my own negative, I'm, you know, I, it's easy to be negative, you know. So I was negative and I, um, I took it all like in the wrong way. And it made me like super depressed. I became far more introverted at that time. Mm. I stopped playing music. Mm. I stopped, um, but it did make me start working on art. I, I, I got one of the first things I ever drew after I had my mushroom experience tattooed on the back of my arm. It's still there. It's one of the only things I haven't covered up in my arm. Mm. At, uh, around that time you got yeah, the tattoo? Yeah, probably like three years after that. Uh, yeah. I yeah. think I was like 19 when I got tattooed. Your that. first one? My first one. Yeah. But yeah, that it did lead me on to great things because I started creating art out of it. But I stopped playing guitar as much. Um, I started doing weirder stuff like with music. I, st- I definitely became like more experimental. I stopped playing like punk songs. I started playing like I started like using guitar as like a a, a thing that made sound as yeah, opposed yeah. to like you know power chord here. There's a lead. You know what I mean? Yeah, it yeah, was yeah. just like more cacophony of sounds songs were which not is linear what, which is how you play now i feel like yeah it was weirder <clears throat> then though it was way weirder yeah, yeah. It, was, it was strange i was at it was at, and i was i lived in the house that i lived in too at that time because we had moved right shortly after that experience we moved into a place where my bedroom was uh probably like five feet tall like the ceiling i couldn't stand up <laughs> Uh, it was here, really, Nick. yeah, here you go. Here's your room. <laughs> it's your dog house. It's in the living room too. It was in the living room. Like it was, you had to crawl up a ladder to get there. Ask Lee about it sometime. Yeah. So she's <laughs> seen it. It's a wreck. I couldn't believe it. <laughs> but yeah, I think that though, that experience, I mean, a lot of the experiences that I've just talked about, like definitely shape who I am. Yeah. And you said something uh, at the very beginning of the mushroom trip that was when you wanted to reach out to your friend, mm. that that was the beginning 
were you referring to? That was the beginning of your, uh, your, uh, kind of like your journey of compa- your ability to yeah, be compassionate. Yeah. To open. Yeah. So that, that you meant that like that you, to this day are still on that journey. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And it began then. Yeah. Yeah. With a little nudge from a bag of. When, you know, and you know, recently I did it again. Yeah. And this has been the biggest, like probably turning point towards my happiness. Yeah. Yeah, I want to dive into that a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. But it was, uh, yeah, because you didn't do like an extraordinary amount. Well, the funny part it was, was just that, where you are, I feel like. Yeah, I did three and a half grams, which is typically the eighth, you know what yeah. I mean? Um, but when well, you're that's dealing, a lot for a. Uh, that's, the, yeah. that's the dosage, you know what I mean? Yeah. If you talk to anybody doing psychedelics, it's three and a half grams. Yeah. That's, that's an eighth of mushrooms. Uh, Terrence McKenna, I mean, he's like the guru, like the guru on mm. that stuff. He was three and a half grams. Uh, I think he said uh, five grams is called a heroic dose. But I think he also is known as saying three and a half grams and, and silent darkness is known as a heroic dose. Mm. And I was over three and a half grams in silent darkness when I was 15 years old. Right, 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 right. So Yeah, yeah. what were you at, 12 grams? And, <laughs> yeah, I have no idea. Yeah. Just on too much. Yeah. I don't, I think I, I think I was, I think I was probably around five grams. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, recently. But the thing with mushrooms, though, is that it's... Um, you don't know the the potency. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's it's sometimes you get them and you're like this that like this could be a weak bag, but what I have had recently was like a insanely strong bag. Yeah. Insanely strong. And did the full dose. Yeah, I did three and a half grams. Yeah. yeah. I think I did a little over. I d I don't weigh it. I don't I don't care. I just I yeah. I in the thing you know, and it's like I was forgetful again, you know. I, I was like, I'm gonna have I did on uh, Thanksgiving this past year, um, so no one was home. No one was home around me. There's always that odd feeling on like holidays because like the town's so quiet. You know what I mean? Everything's closed, yeah. and I was like, I just want that peace, maybe. But I don't think I even thought it out that much. I was like, oh, I got the day off to do mushrooms. I really think that is yeah. how I came to it. But like when I come back, I think the stuff underneath those thoughts was like. It's everything's pre-calculated within me. I think that I was already like, you're going to take mushrooms on this day because it's going to be peaceful. You can be alone. Yeah, you were looking to go somewhere. Yeah, but on the top of my mind, the mind that I typically work with or was working with was like, I'm going to take mushrooms on because I have the day off. Yeah. And I just got some, you know. Um, But you were really looking to stretch your mind. I'm not sure. I think you you were. Because that's where your mind is. But I think deep down, yes. But I think that day, I probably was just like, yeah, I'm going to take mushrooms and listen to the Sabbath. I really do. Yeah, I but think, then they kicked in. Then like, they kicked oh, in. Oh, yeah, and, I'm going to stretch my mind. Yeah, and oh, yeah, yeah. I hate this. This is right. like anxiety. This is like me coming to terms with like the alien aspect of reality that I'm, I'm participating in this thing. Like this moment, I'm in this thing that I don't really know what it is, and we're all not talking about it. That thing. I'm now facing it with a way wider, a, 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 a bigger magnitude of my mind is being pushed towards understanding it, and it knows. It, that's the thing. Yeah. It does know. I'm working within a level that doesn't want to talk about it, doesn't want to notice it, but it's all getting in. Yeah. These eyes are letting it all in. Yeah, it's yeah. my mind that filters out what it wants to think about. And what's, you know? What it wants to deal with. And it puts all that stuff at the bottom, you know what I mean? With all the anger and all the other stuff, too. All the good stuff, too. It all goes down there, you know what I mean? Those are the things that kind of come up and shape who you are. Yeah, and grab what you need Yeah, at the time. Um, so when did tattooing come in? Tattooing came in when I was 17, I think. 17, yeah. That's crazy. 
<laughs> so funny. Oh, this is before yeah. 17. Yeah. 17, I was uh, hanging out at a, at, at a, um, at a restaurant that I, that I worked at, and there was, it was awesome because in the back of the restaurant, there was a garage that a buddy of mine owned who had like a motorcycle workshop down there, but he also had a huge skate park in there. Mm. So I'd just get out of work. All my friends were there. We're all drinking beers, fucking doing whatever, skating at this skate park that was right behind my work. It was awesome. Yeah. Skating there all the time, and they had um, a big, like, uh, what do they call those, uh, big air competitions for snowboarding up at oh, like yeah, waterville yeah. valley yeah, yeah. and um <laughs> mtv was there like so they all showed up at my buddy's skate park because it's like the cool it was like the coolest yeah. thing around um osiris the shoe company they bought a huge pink school bus like you'll see it they still i'm pretty sure they still use it they bought it from from my friends because they're all like welders and shit they like bought this school bus and like put like a they put like drums in the back of it and they welded it all so you could ride the bus and, and, and play drums. Nothing would move. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was this cool thing. But yeah. So there was this huge thing going on there and there was this guy there that my buddy Joel, who was in um, Iron Chin, the yeah, one who yeah, recently yeah, yeah. left. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, he left Iron Chin? Yeah, yeah. Did he really? Yeah, Joel. Uh-huh. No, yeah, yeah, Joel, yeah, 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 the other Joel. Yeah, yeah he's your, doing, your Joel. Yeah, he's doing something else. I don't know what he's doing. Uh-huh. Actually, he's getting married. I just so he's a Plymouth up. guy too, right? No, well, see, the thing is, when you start talking about that area, in New Hampshire, yeah. like there's like a two, an hour and a half radius right. that you consider like right, Plymouth. Right. So yeah. he's from North Haverhill, which is like really far away. Yeah, but he was like Woodstock kind of became like another hub mm-hmm. up there. So he was up up then. So we, and skating we were all playing and playing. Was he skating too? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. We he was like uh, one of the first guys I was like playing like the music I really liked, the the scary, angry, like heavy music I wanted to play. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, my and so he introduced me to this guy at the at the event there um, named the Roarketeer. <laughs> this guy's still around. <laughs> the Roarketeer. Yeah, Roarketeer. Okay. The Roar. <laughs> yeah, and. Um, Nick, you can, yeah, my name is Nick. <laughs> hey, my name is Nick. Um, now the thing is, like, he's got a web page, like, you could still um. find him, like, he's still around. So, <laughs> send some business his way, maybe you know, yeah. listen to this podcast. Yeah. Um, but he was doing party tattoos, you know, he was like tattooing, mm-hmm. like, out of the back of his car and like, you know, showing up at places and stuff. And, that was your uh, first, like, literal, like, introduction to tattoo? Yeah, yeah. Joel was like, yo, meet this dude. He does tattoos. I'm like, oh, awesome. I want to get tattooed. He goes, how old are you? I'm like, 17. And he goes, you're not old Perfect. enough to get tattooed. I mean, you're no. not- <laughs> he goes, you're not old enough to get tattooed. And I was like, come on. I took it as, like, calling me, like, a sissy or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, I was yeah. like, dude, I'm old enough to get tattooed, man. Right, right. Like, <laughs> He's like, no, you're not You're old literally enough. not old you're enough. Literally, you know what I mean? Haven't, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like no you can't beat up that girl yeah i can't no you can't beat up that girl yeah, yeah. <laughs> the girl with the black belt and yeah. the boxing gloves on you can't beat her up. yeah <laughs> um i met him the next night at my buddy's trailer and he was just there and um I, I was like, hey, man, I want to get tattooed. He was like, oh, how old are you? I was like, 18 years old. And he was like, all right. <laughs> and he was, I was like, you got an good, ID? Good and I was like, no, nah, man, I, I say I don't have it. I, don't, I forgot it. He was like, well, dude, what do you want to get? And I was like, I want to get the word disgust written around my wrist. And that was the band that I was in with Joel. Um, 
So I want to get, I, I had nothing else. I still own the backpack that I wrote disgust on just because it's like my tattoo is still on it. And I was like, just that. He didn't even draw it on me. He just started looking at my backpack. Just, <laughs> and all my friends were like, oh, you're going to pass out, man. You know, and it was like really this like crazy experience. You know what I mean? Like I'm in a trailer. I'm 17. Got my arm out on this thing that we've hash oil is all well not hash oil at the time but like literally hash and like yeah. opium yeah, and stuff yeah, yeah, is all over the yeah. place and we're just like tattooing me and like everyone is having the best time i love it you That's know cool. i'm stoked i got tattooed it looks terrible <laughs> it looks so bad this side is small this side is like two inches bigger did, you that, know? did it get lasered off yeah or i just lasered covered it and then i covered it yeah. but i remember I rem- so I made friends with the kid. I was like, because I was stoked on tattooing. I was like, yeah. this is awesome. Yeah. Like, and you, you, were, you were drawing a lot. Yeah, you were this is after the psychedelic experience. So I'm like full force back into drawing. Right. You cool. know what I mean? Yep. And um, he was like, yeah, I need a place to stay. I'm like, you can stay at my parents' house. Like, okay, I don't care. You know what I mean? Yeah. We just sneak in. I'll get you some food or whatever. Because that's, that's what I paid him in. I paid him in a leather jacket and a leather belt. So actually, I forgot to mention, I know you're talking about veganism. Yeah. My veganism came in around that time yeah, of yeah, yeah. doing psychedelics. Um, when I, when I, when I having that connectedness with everything and yep. I thought that there was really no difference between me and like literally everything else yep. and that there's different levels of consciousness that I was like, well, I am not going to participate. And I also saw there's a band called Disrupt and their, the cover of one of their albums was, it was very, very heavy veganism stuff. Uh, was that an uh, elephant with like its face like yeah, chopped yeah, off yeah, yeah, and yeah. stuff, you know, that, I remember that image. Yeah. Gruesome stuff like that. And then it just clicked in my head where I was like, that's what I eat. I don't like that. That's not yeah. for me. You know what I and mean? So since then since then i've never eaten meat no never i never like dared to try it again or i don't care that doesn't even pop pop into my head Uh, but i wasn't vegan at that time i just was vegetarian yeah i turned vegan when i was like uh i first started tattooing like in 2007 ish 2006 i think i turned Mm. vegan but so when I had just turned vegetarian, I had these like leather jackets and stuff that was all punk rock or whatever. So I gave it oh, to Oh yeah. So you were just like, I don't want I don't want a man. Yeah. I don't have any money. You want my leather jacket? And I got this like big like leather belt with like pyramid studs all over it. You can have that too. And he's like, Cool man, I spray paint those gold because I show up to the big air competitions as the Rocketeer. He's like, You know the Rocketeer? <laughs> like the guy and he's like, I spray paint myself gold and I do these big air competitions and I don't know how to snowboard. So I'm just like this oddity that <laughs> flail. shows up. I'm so I was flail. like, This dude's cool he's like covered in tattoos got like crazy hair he's like super weird um i don't think he was vegan but he was he was christian and straight edge but he was like the weirdest the weird like didn't need drugs at all didn't need to didn't need it didn't need it you know to have a good time he was having a great time that's amazing but i think he i think he did actually end up doing drugs i think i saw recently that he got busted for math So you went all in. Yeah, I think he. I think he boy. Was, yeah, yeah. Why not? You know, you're gonna try it. Go in. <laughs> no gateway. No, he's covered in tattoos, though. Covered yeah. in like cool. In my mind, like I, so, the tattoos that I had seen were like trailer park tattoos. You yeah. know what I mean? Like black ink pushed in with whatever Blurry you had. As you can yeah. get it. And that was like the coolest to me. Like yeah. those were like those still are to me. Like I love those. Yeah. I love those tattoos. You know what I mean? And it's different than like the hip kids in New York like poking themselves. You know what I mean? That's different because that's fashionable. You know what I mean? Like the kids in the trailer park who are like just in their own world and like that the blood and the and the the, the insanity and like the the this the uh everything about it is so primal mm. that like there you can't you can't make it up you yeah. know what i mean i love it still i yeah. still love those tattoos i have them on me i don't cover them you know yeah. what i mean from back in the day but he had like colorful tattoos and i never really seen color like that 
So I was like stoked on this dude, just kind of. And so I guess my friend stole a bunch of tattoo equipment from him that night. So he stayed with me, and then eventually he so left. So I wasn't that stoked on him. Yeah, <laughs> I was stoked. Well, we were all just stoked <laughs> to get tattooed, yeah. But yeah, they stole a bunch of tattoo equipment. And then funny enough, like I tell my dad, like, oh, hey, look, I got tattooed. And he was like, that's all right, you know, whatever. That's dumb. You know, you're not of age. And was it clean? I was like, yeah, of course, you know. Course. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I don't, I don't know what goes into it being clean. Yeah. Um, so it was ironic because I would say like, it was very recent. It was, or it was, it was like really like right after that, that my dad came home and he was like, there's a guy at work who's selling a bunch of tattoo equipment. You want to buy it? And I was working. This is me like now trying to get away from my friends and all that stuff and trying to take life a little more seriously. I was working three jobs. I was working for the headshot people. I wasn't, I wasn't smoking weed. I wasn't doing anything. I was just like, uh, working at a, at a kitchen and uh, I was painting. I was doing all three jobs, sometimes mm. three of them in one day. And I was making a lot of money, so mm. I bought a car. I was, like, getting my life together, you know? Mm. About the time where I started dating. Uh, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I wasn't dating Lee at that time. But um, I was like, yeah, I'll buy tattoo equipment. Cool. And then he was like, 400 bucks. I was like, all right. Gave him $400 the next day. My dad came back with a big box full of stuff. I called my friends up and, like, guess what I just got? I got a tattoo gun. You know what I mean? And uh, they were like, get down here now. <laughs> so I get in the car and I drive down there and it's my buddy Josh and my buddy Tony and this other dude Roy. We're sitting in the trailer. And You're also starting to hang out with people with more like s- smaller names. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, You're syllable. really getting your life together. Yeah. Roy, Josh. Chris. Yeah, Chris. <laughs> um, so I... I uh, start taking the stuff out of the box. I got all the, I got ink, I got needles, I got grips, I got tattoo machines, I got stuff, but it's, it's, dude, it's crap. It's like the worst, worst, worst stuff. Nothing's clean at all. I'm telling you this now. This is not what I thought then. I was just stoked to be taking it out. I didn't know what anything was. I didn't know what part went to what. Yeah. So, we have it all out, and we're like, we don't know how to put it together, but each one of us is... But everyone's psyched to get a tattoo. Each other. No, man, it goes together like this, and we're like, oh, rubber bands go on that thing, and then we just got it, so it started going like, rant, 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 you know, and we were like, all right, we're Soon getting moved, tattooed, man. Anything. What do you guys want, you know? And my buddy's like, well, I hand-poked this pentagram in my arm, like, you want to tattoo that? And I was like, sure. Well, I, let's see what colors I got. I got pink, mint green, yellow. That's it. I had pink and mint green, and it was the two colors that they stole off that kid. Yeah. So I had mint, I had black, I had a bunch of black, and I had mint green and pink. That's all I owned for <laughs> tattoo colors. And um, started. A I was just like, all right, dude, give me your arm. I don't know how any of this works. And we just got the needle stick out, got it to run, and I just kind of dipped it in some green, put some green there, put oh some pink God. on over there, and <laughs> he was covered in blood, you know what I mean? And then after that... <laughs> We were like, cool, like that should be all right. Like, who's next? Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. So we're like, take the ink out, and I mean, the needle out, and we wash, we get a pot, uh, boil the water, we take the needle and we put the thing in it, and we clean it off, put it all back together. That's not what you guys do <laughs> if you're listening to this. Do not do that. <laughs> myth, and, yeah. myth number one. <laughs> yeah, don't that do works. anything I'm saying right now. <laughs> and then we put it back together, and then, um, Kid Roy, dude, he goes, 
I want, you know, like the spades on a card, like oh. ace of spades, but I want them on my, on my knuckles. Right for his knuckles, dude. Right right on it, like his hand. Now I'm like, sure, dude, no problem. Yeah. Uh, what's, a, what's a spade look like? <laughs> and none of us had a deck of cards. This is before the internet, you know what I mean? So we're all like, all right, let's go grab a pen, you know? Like, oh, no, mine looks, no, that's a club, dude. You got to do it like this, you know? It's like a heart with a thing on the bottom, you know? And uh, we figure out what looks like a spade. And we, I'm like, I, all right, dude, give me your hand. We didn't even think to draw it out right, on his right, knuckles. Right. You know what I mean? I just was like, all right. And then like wipe it off. And we're like, ooh, that does not look good at Let's all. Let's do a club. And they were like, all right, give me your other one. I have four tries. You know what I mean? So I just did it. Dude, it looked like he took a... Like, if you smashed one of these beer bottles and poured ink on it and he just punched it, <laughs> that's what his hand looked like. It was, like, swollen so big oh. and just blood everywhere. And, dude, stoked. 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 We were like, yeah, man, he'll heal. We'll fix it up. Like, Josh is in the back, like, dude, Nick's got a Who's next? Like, get on down here, you know? And all of a sudden, we got a line out the trailer park. And I was, like, just tattooing crazy like non-stop i had one guy josh he was working in the same i essentially you like, haven't even oh, and yeah i'm stating you haven't even done one practice on yourself the class no, i haven't gotten practice. tattooed yeah. no i had just gotten tattooed by jake that's it yeah. but i got even, like, like my usually one it's token. practice on yourself tip, yeah right? well, if you're right? apprenticing yeah. yeah 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 no i got it i you know we we didn't do it right <laughs> But I tattooed everybody oh in the trailer park. A bunch park. of just slit, like a bunch of practice. Oh, yeah. We had like, like Alice in Chains up. and Life of Agony on the back, and we we're just cranking beers, and I was just tattooing, feeling like a rock star. Oh, my God. And then I was just, I don't know what happened. Something I was just, I couldn't get the hang of it. I couldn't get any of the tattoos to look good. Yeah. And so I just stopped. I know I just, huh. I, I don't know what happened, but I was like, I'm done. I can't figure it out. It's the hardest thing I've ever tried to do. I don't understand it. Every now and then, I'd bring it back out, do something for somebody. Mostly Kyle. I mean, Kyle's covered in gar. He's he's pretty much got two black arms at this point. Just yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't literally. Fix it. You can't just fix it. Covered. Yeah. Um. So eventually, I just put it away, and then I got tattooed myself of that mushroom experience tattoo, mm. and uh, it was my artwork. And the guy was like, "Oh, you drew this? Like, you got any mm. more?" Because I was asking him. I was like. I used to tattoo when I was a kid. Like, I, I just have some question. I'm like, I don't want a tattoo. I just want to know, like, so those are what called coils. Missing? Like, what's that thing? Like, well, how do you make the line go in without having to hit it 10 times? You know what I mean? Was this guy, uh, like, the, the typical frustrated tattoo tattooer? Like, oh, yeah, yeah, no, he was like, because cool. yeah. I was stroking his ego. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah. he knew a lot. So he was just like, yeah, man, like, I do, you know, like, I just do this and this what is my thing. What was his name? I'm not saying. Oh, man. <laughs> Can't say it. I'm still a tattooer, man. I can't, I can't drop oh, yeah, those yeah. names. Mm -hmm. And um, he, uh, he, um, he actually brought me in to tattoo there. Yeah. So that what you technically you did apprentice. I, I, well, the thing is, I don't think he ever sent my paperwork in. I think he just held on to it because he, he's, he's, he's known for bringing artists in, having them there for a minute, and then they leave. Is this why you don't want to say his name? I, yeah, I don't want to say his name for a number of different reasons. Uh, uh, yeah, because I'm in the I'm in the trade. I'm not dropping tattooers' names yeah. down the drain. Yeah, but yeah, he That's he so brought funny. me in, and I worked there for a little while. And I mean, honestly, dude, it was working at a at a trailer park with a sign. It was yeah. not much different. It yeah, was yeah. there was drug dealers popping in there all the time. There was yeah. holes getting kicked in the walls. It was a pretty rough spot. You yeah. know what I mean? 
Um, but you were learning. I did. I learned. I did learn. I, I certainly learned, but I didn't. I also learned a lot of bad traits too, uh, yeah. like you know habits yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. That uh, and then I and then the good people at Body Creations they brought me in yeah. and then set me straight with another guy who. So Body Creations in Rochester, right? Mm-hmm. So they were the first ones that kind of gave you your like your biggest. The most, yeah. most like uh, legitimate. If I could credit anybody in my yeah. in my in, in tattooing, I credit them. Yeah. You know, oh, and and I would say Doug Mendoza. Yeah, he didn't work at that shop, but he worked at another shop, and he was just like who I thought was the best tattooer in New Hampshire. So I would go and get tattooed by him. I was already licensed at that time, so I could kind of come at him with some questions and right. not look so sketchy. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, Even yeah. though it's still sketchy to do that, you don't just start getting tattooed by people and start asking them all this shit. Right. You know? But he was wicked. He was more open about it than I think he could he could have been. He could have just been like, fuck off, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I'm not telling you how to make money. You right. Because that's, that's, that's how it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not telling you how to take my business from me. Yeah, you tattoo in New Hampshire, you want to learn how to tattoo? Yeah. <laughs> Go move. And then <laughs> hit me up. Because, <laughs> I mean, that is the reality of tattooing. Is it's, that, it's, a, it's kind of an interesting part of it is... Uh, just because you're next door to a shop, you're kind of just as much competition to someone, God, I mean, a hundred miles away, right? Well, especially now with like the internet. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. We're all competing on like a global level now. Yeah. Cause you can just go scout and, and, and like dig on someone and just be like, you know, I'll travel there. People travel. Like, yeah, they do. I, you know? I'm pretty lucky. Like I have a lot of people that travel like a, a great distance to get tattooed by me. Yeah. Um, I have, I have awesome clients. Yeah. Would you consider, do you consider your, um, I mean, I don't know a ton about it. I feel like I know a little bit more than the sort of average per- person that only gets tattooed just because I've been such good friends with you and, um, hang around the shop enough. Um, but I feel like, uh, I feel like people are in the business a long time before they get like a good reputation and it's hard to get good and big sort of fast. Do you think that your career, your reputation sort of was pretty fast? I don't know how well, I don't know how to really reputation, ask the question. I think, I think I, well, reputation is weird because yeah. I have kind of a equal, like I have an equally bad reputation because of like, because of how cutthroat this industry is, you yeah. know what I mean? And yeah, like yeah. working for a shop that opened up near another shop, yeah, yeah. you know, that whole yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, and then when yeah. I left that shop and that whole thing, cause that's, that's it's very spiteful, you know what I yeah. mean? Um, and it's very territorial. So I have a lot of bad reputation too. And it's not from anybody who talking about my work. They're going to say all this stuff about my character. I'm sure they say, oh, my work is terrible, too. Don't get tattooed by him. But I think I have a good reputation, too, um, f- just from, like, letting that stuff just be, like, kid stuff and just doing my tattoos, you know yeah. what I mean? Just, like, trying to work. I, I don't know. I'm focused. I was I'm very focused on tattoos, too, you know, or I try to. I made my tattoos huge, you know what I mean? I yeah. tattoo big tattoos all the time. And that, yeah. this area, that's kind of new, which yeah. is strange, you know what I mean? Um, other than like Jason Louie who, and Doug Mendoza, and, um, I'm sure there's a number of other tattooers that are working large scale, but like Jason Louie's doing some of like the nicest, like big tattoos. Yeah. 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 Like, um, the bigger, the oldest one in Portsmouth. Hobos. Yeah. Yeah. Is, I didn't know if you (laughs) Yeah. you know. And uh, I feel like they do a lot of small, just like a lot of hand-sized yeah. tattoos. Yeah, oh, they're a traditional over over tattoo over. shop. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, they're they're the... Well, they're not the oldest. Yeah. They're not the oldest shop in New Hampshire. Jim's tattoo. In, Por- in Portsmouth. Yeah, they're the oldest shop in Portsmouth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. They're, I think, the second tat- oldest tattoo yeah. shop in Jim's New is older than... Yeah, they're uh, the first tattoo shop in New Hampshire. Yeah. yeah I didn't know that. Yeah. 
Isn't that who Corey works for? James? Yeah. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I'm not... Is it Seabrook? Seabrook. Yeah. Oldest. So that's funny. You would have thought Portsmouth would have been first, just just based on sort of the, the port. Right. The, you know, the sea. But tattooing wasn't big around here at that time. You yeah. know what I mean? And yeah. it, when it was, it was traveling. Yeah. Tattooing was a, was a carny thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? It was big in like um, Hawaii. It was big in like... San Francisco, stuff like that, like um, more tropical areas where the the Navy bases and stuff were. Um, I mean, yeah, we do have a port town, but it's 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 actually way older than that. And it it it's like tattooing in New Hampshire was pretty new, yeah. In the in the grand scheme of it, when uh, uh, Davida was tattooing in New York, was any tattooing going on in New Hampshire? Yeah, I mean, he was only ta- yeah, he was tattooing in like the seventies. Yeah. So how old? So when did hobos? How old is Jim's and hobos? I'm not sure the exact year, but I I'm positive that Jim's would be open in the seventies. Yeah. I feel like Devito was before the seventies, wasn't he? Yeah. In the sixties. Well, George has been tattooing a long time. Yeah. Tattoo George. He he actually apprenticed under a guy named Bob Shaw, who was like a huge huge i mean that's that's like when you're talking like sailor jerry you know mm. you're talking like bob shaw like created the toughest coolest meanest like most beautiful tattoos and that's who george apprentice under george is like a really awesome part of tattoo history yeah beard like uh <laughs> that guy with the like the long gray yeah yeah, yeah. long gray beard so. yeah looks like a tattooer yeah <laughs> you know it's funny when i was a kid I wanted to get tattooed by this guy who's like doing crazy color, whacked out skulls and stuff. And I was like, I want to get tattooed by that guy. Like everyone was talking about him. And then when I did a consult with him, I was like, oh, you're like 10 years older than me. I thought all (laughs) tattooers had like white hair. They were super fat, huge beards. You know what I mean? It was the whole construct of like what the, the preconceived notions of what tattooing was, was like way out of whack of what I thought it was you know what i mean yeah i really thought tattoos were a lot tougher you know what i mean and then once i started getting into it and i started to see like how tough it wasn't you know what i mean it's funny but that's what i think about like there there's an element to like that what you were referring to about it kind of bothers me that whole territorial that's that's bitchy to me it's just like bitchy it really is like it's childish for sure and it's not tough it's weak to me well yeah it's just, it is, you know. I mean, I hope I don't get any rocks thrown through the window because of that, but, you know, I, I, I haven't seen rocks getting thrown for a long time. Yeah. I've, I did, actually, a friend of mine had some rocks thrown through his window. Yeah, no, I know. Like, I know stuff like that happens. Yeah. Um, but I, to me, I just think that's weak. I don't think that's tough. I think it's, you know, it's, it's like just, you know, uh, do your work. Yeah. Just do your work. Do good, yeah. wor- do good work. I mean, and, the thing is, like, all, a lot of, you know, all these tattooers are so good. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like all, all of, like, there are so many awesome tattooers that, like, especially nowadays where, you know, Scott Harrison told you, he's like, I, it's like, how do you keep up with that? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. how do you stay with current, you yeah. know? Or, like, and, and the other thing is, like, screw it. Like, once you've made your name in tattooing, like, I've made my name in tattooing. I don't, I'm not going to be, like on Ink Master one because I don't fucking ever want to be like that kind of a tattooer. Yeah. Two, I I'm happy with where I'm at. You know what I mean? I'm booked as much as I want to be. I feel I have job security in that. And I have awesome, awesome clients. Yeah. I would rather have ten awesome clients than be booked out two months with crap 
and yeah, people yeah, I don't yeah. like. You know yeah. what I mean? That was one of the first things that drove Scott crazy. That was like the first thing I heard from Scott that drove him crazy was uh, um, the keeping up, keeping up with the uh, the technology yeah. and the changing and stuff. That was the first thing that kind of was starting to sour him. Yeah, I mean, I can't imagine. You know what I mean? I, I understand. I, I, I totally understand why people are upset. You know what I mean? I, with like what's going on with tattooing. It, it, because certainly people who were there before... I was there. You know what I mean? I'm part of the problem. You know what I mean? I know mm. that. I'm a new kid that like, the whole story that I just told you is kind of like the worst thing to hear from if you're another tattooer. Like, oh, cool. You're just like another dude who like bought some stuff from a guy and then started hacking up all these kids and like doing yeah, but it how dirty. did they start? A proper apprenticeship is the best way to start. Yeah. You know, doing what George did. Like had his ass kicked by some old timer yeah, that like yeah, made yeah. him like know what was up. You know what I mean? Yeah. I got my way in. Yeah. You know. Yeah, but that's like it's. I'm, I'm talking I, about like morals that are being held. It's a tradition. You know yeah. what I mean? And it's like you're coming in. You're thinking of it like way more open, and that's kind of what's happening now with tattooing. You know what I mean? It's it's way more open. I'm thinking about it that that the industry of tattooing doesn't necessarily have to be thought of any different than the industry of carpentry. Sure. Yeah, and I complete. I completely agree with you. Yeah. But the people who don't agree with you are coming from a standpoint of where tattooing started. Yeah. So they're holding those morals very, very strongly because traditional tattooing is where I even keep my foundation. I will never. I'll put this on air. I'll never apprentice anyone. I've told yeah, you that. Yeah, I'll no. never do it. I know. Never. There's a guy who works at my shop, and he's been working there for I don't know how long, and he's not apprenticing under me, ever. You know what I mean? Those are the, those, those are different morals. You know what I mean? Yeah, I guess I need I need a definition of uh, apprenticing then because they 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 work at your shop. I will. You not, give them advice. Mm-hmm. They they come to you for advice. I will not add another person towards tattooing. It will not ha- happen under my name. Yeah, I'm confused. I will not bring another person in tattooing. No, but that they're already there. They're tattooing. The guys in your shop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I wouldn't, like, let's say, um, like, if somebody came in off the street and was oh, like, hey, yeah, I want to yeah, learn yeah. how to tattoo, yeah, I'd be yeah, like, yeah, nah, yeah. Not, not here. So you mean that the, the two guys at your shop that work for you... They're licensed tattooers. Yeah. Yeah. You don't consider them being apprenticed at all? No, 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 no. They're not my apprentices. Yeah. No. They're licensed tattooers. I yeah. learn from them. Right, right. They learn from me. You know yeah. what I mean? We all learn together. That's why I love that shop. You know yeah. what I mean? Oh, it's yeah. like, I don't even feel like an owner. That's what, that's what I wanted when I built that shop. I was like, I want us to all... I, I want to feel like an owner when I need to, like, guys, this needs to change. You know what I mean? And yeah. they, they do. And, uh, but outside of that, like, I just want to feel like we're all fucking hanging. You oh, know yeah, what yeah. I mean? No, no, it's a great atmosphere. There is, I, I, do, I detest that. Unless that's the, that's the understanding of the shop. Because I do believe that there should be master and apprentice. And in Japanese tattooing, that, that follows you. Oh, yeah, you yeah. don't get out of that ever. As yeah. long as that guy's there... You're you're always under him unless he's dead. You know yeah. what I mean. Um, in American, it's I mean it's a mess now, and that's why these guys are so so spiteful. You know what I mean? Yeah. So imagine the changes. Something that you have so dear, and now there's like Ink Master. You know what I mean? It's a mess. Yeah. I think where it really gets uh, different, it, it's 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 more emotional because it's more it's more from a soul driven because it's art. But, you know, again, carpentry can sort of be the same way, but it's not the same. It's well, not tattooing, the same it's funny because now we call it an art. 
But in the beginning, it was a trade. Yeah. You know, yeah. you learned how to tattoo. This is how it works. And it was to make money. It was to make as much money as you can. And we have this really romantic idea of like tattoos being this beautiful art form. And it became that. And we know that now. But when it started, yeah, it is. You can see that. But people like Ed Hardy had to show that, you know? And that's mm -hmm. why Ed Hardy is like the dude. Because he's like the college guy who like went to art school and was like, yeah, I'm going to be a tattooer. He's like the first of those. Yeah. You know what I mean? In he Japanese started. tattooing, wasn't it, isn't it more of an art than a trade? Still a trade. But I still think that there's, I mean, well, you're thinking of, ja you have to bring in like Japanese culture, which mm -hmm. brings in like a whole, mm. like a whole other thing that I can't really speak too much on. Yeah. But yeah, it's certainly like master and apprentice stuff. Yeah. That stuff kind of trickles in here. I think that there's a lot of people out there who want their apprentices to call them the master. And it's like, I, I just think that there's something wrong with your, with, you know what I mean? What's going on with you when you called master? You know what I mean? You're just <laughs> yeah. poking people's needles. Yeah. You know, when you think about it, like sometimes you kind of have to look at like whatever you're doing is silly and uh, have some humor about what you're doing too. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. You're going you're gonna, to you're be so much happier in the end if you have a little humor. You know, that's why I'm stoked on tattooing because I can... I can look at it in all different vantage points, you know. I love it. Sometimes it beats the hell out of me, and sometimes I, I come back and beat it. Yeah. It is a rugged job. It's yeah, rugged man. on your body. Surprisingly rugged on your body. Yeah. Well, the crazy thing is, you know, people coming in and saying, like, these ideas that they have. You know, I'm a custom artist, so people come in and they just tell me an idea. And I love it when they bring me reference, and sometimes I really love it when they bring me nothing, but... Mm. Uh, like just a thought like i have this one client jerry she, she is awesome she just brings me like the i mean i know I, the cool thing is like i know like so when i tattoo somebody i think i've changed their life mm -hmm. i know i have i don't know if they know i have but i know i changed their life i changed the way people see you i changed the way you see yourself forever mm. even if you have totally to get agree. a lasered or whatever the, all those experiences that are attached to that moment i changed you mm. and I, I get i get a little i kind of poke people sometimes like kind of like kind of click them back into the present like when they're like um i'm looking at their tattoos oh who did that one ah, i can't remember his name you don't remember his name he changed he changed your life yeah right? he changed your life you sat there with a man or a woman for three or how many hours and you don't know their name yeah that's crazy. and it's their thing on you <laughs> And you were there. <laughs> Some people really don't remember their artist's it's name. That's weird. Incredibly common. That's weird. Yeah. But Jerry, she, I guess, I, yeah. she's one of those people that, like, I know I've changed her life, and she knows it's changed mm -hmm. her life. You know. And you again, guys have not, a relationship. Yeah, it's not like a pompous thing. I'm not like, oh, I'm changing. No, no, it's no, not no. like coming at her like that. It's just like it, she understands. Like the like this is huge. You know, the, the, like, the, again, sacredness of getting tattooed is it's life changing. It's bringing out what's inside um, pain, letting go, mm, like trusting, opening up change. Trust. Yeah. 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 I think we are so afraid of change right now. You know, uh, I think that people want a lot of change, but we're also so afraid of it, too. You know what I mean? You're changing your identity is huge. The way people perceive you. And even if it's to change towards what you want, like, because you guys don't care what other people think. You know what I mean? Deep down, you, you, you do. You care. Oh, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. you're not that strong. I'm sorry. We're not that strong. Yeah. You know, we all care what people think. Absolutely. So this is big, you know, and I, I really wish that people maybe 
they all do. You know what I mean? They all deep down, they all know what they're doing. You yeah, know? and it's funny how uh, it's a uh, you know from my from my point of view too. It's it's a and it's a slow journey too. Like that change. You know, there's your first tattoo. Mm-hmm. Like oh, I got a tattoo. Yeah, and yeah. oftentimes and that's the it's excitement. Like, and that's the taste. Know, of and it. it's where no one can see it. Only like you can see it, yeah. or your your lover can see it. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, and then you get your next one. So now I now I'm someone with a couple tattoos. And then I'm someone with like a small visible tattoo, yeah. and and it is a journey. It's yeah. a journey of how you're perceiving yourself and how people are perceiving. I you. I love being part of that. It's absolutely real for yeah. sure. And then once, and then you know, I mean, where I'm at now, and obviously where you're at too. It's like I'm a I'm a heavily tattooed person. Yeah, you know you know crazy. Mean? Like, You've become a heavily tattooed. person. <laughs> yeah, I know. How many years? Five. Uh, yeah. Since what was the year it opened again? Eleven. Uh, Two thousand eleven. What? When um, Ironworks. Ironworks opened. Two thousand and nine. Nine, yeah. So since it sort of started in 2009, because every other, I only had the one from Scott on my ankle, and I only had um, from short sleeve up mm-hmm. on one arm. Now you're on your fingers, talking yeah. about getting your neck done. Yeah, 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 Crazy. exactly. Yeah, and legs actually have quite a bit. And yep. I'm talking about a big back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's funny. Yeah. But then it really, it's it's this, it's it's a conscious journey that you take as the person getting tattooed. You're like, okay, now I'm going to go there. And now I'm going to go there and then I'm going to be the person I'm going to be perceived this way. Yeah. But I like, I mean, for me, it's kind of interesting and just in a way, because I, uh, uh, I don't, I mean, I know me so well. So I, and, and, uh, I'm, I don't know. I don't know how to phrase it. I feel like I'm aware that people, uh, make a judgment of someone that's covered in tattoos. And I just know that I'm so, um, not what they think if that's what they think you know what i mean mm-hmm. like immediately super friendly immediately super nice even if it's at the toll because they see a tattooed hand come out you you get you think that it brings you more positivity it definitely brings me more connection yes yeah yeah it, it brings me more connection with and i yeah and you're I attractive s- now I see it in their eyes. Yeah. <laughs> Finally, I'm attractive. <laughs> but like people see, it's like I, I had a guy who's an you know artist. Uh, a guy called guy. me colorful in the shower the other day at really? the gym. You know, it's just, I'm just standing in the shower and some guy walks in and I just feel his eyes all over me <laughs> yeah. and I kind of turn around. I'm like, I know, and he, and he just goes colorful. <laughs> and I, he he just came out of the sauna, so he's real pink, and I wanted to be like you too. <laughs> Pinky. We'll talk later. <laughs> yeah, we'll talk later Cleaning when I'm clothed. <laughs> fucking weird <laughs> yeah yeah colorful it's weird yeah because there's the connection you know what i mean like unabashed they can't help it oh yeah yeah you know and and comments all the time yeah like all the time all the time but it, like i said even at the toll you see someone's eyes just go oh and they look and they go and so you kind of get that dialogue going like oh they're it's a tattooed person when i was younger i thought that tattooing would getting covered in tattoos would keep people away and that's why i got them that, and that's what people think too. That's what, you know, like when I, when Leah is like, Leah's are gonna, Leah, yeah. you know, if you get your neck tattooed, everyone's going to think this, you're going to go to that spot. I'm like, yeah. well, my knuckles didn't bring me to that spot. My hand didn't bring me to that spot. Yeah. Like having my she arms. She thinks that eventually you're going to get to a point where people are like, they fear you or like they're afraid to come near you. I, that I there's some know. like a wall that you're building. Cause I feel, I do hear that a lot and it's what I yeah. kind of, it's what I originally seeked in tattooing when I, cause I was so angry and I was like, just leave me alone. These tattoos mean I'm different from you. 
don't come near me. That's where my tattoos came yeah, from, yeah, you yeah, know? Yeah. But what it, I, I fortunately did was, <laughs> hey, man, like, what, 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 <laughs> look at that. You're like, yeah, Jesus, yeah, man. Look I at me, want talk this. to me. I did, the more I got, I got like skulls and biomech all over my neck, and yeah. it's still, it's just like, hey, man, like, where'd you get those? Like, yeah. gosh, Christ. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, now I'm like in a way different headspace where I'm like super open to those moments yeah, and kind of yeah. just like be with somebody for a yeah, minute yeah. and kind of like. Well, that was another line from Scott. Harrison and in, in, uh, when I, I was riding cross country and I stopped in Chicago and hung out with him and his tattooed, you know, tattooing buddies. Yeah. And we went out to dinner and he had, a, he had just gotten a giant wolf head on the side of his neck. And, um, the waitress just for some reason picked him to talk to and just said, you know, like, Oh, does, didn't that hurt? And yeah, he, well. yeah. And he's like, not as much as talking about it. <laughs> yeah. The redundancy <laughs> of the questions. It's funny because, but I feel really, like you know you you ask for it too. It's like it's like getting the blue mohawk and walking down the street and yeah. asking people, "What are you looking at?" Like, I'm it, looking I've at the three foot life, mohawk yeah. on your head. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's you know you gotta you 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 ask for this. Yeah. You bought it. I know. So I'm like really like I see you know kids all the time. You know parents and you're in line and the kid just is like walking. You know watching you following you around. And, I'm stoked on that. Yeah, me too. I love I, it. I used I love to hate it. it. And I and I think I'm consciously like really friendly yeah. because I want to give it the like. I'm oh, not there yet. You're with- you're we're way more friendly. But I I just I'm I've made miles of of work towards <laughs> at least being like I don't want to punch not a grumbling child. away. <laughs> yeah, you know I mean like <laughs> um, like now I just see the kid now he looks at me and I'm like oh that was me because when right. I was a kid I saw the guy with the tattoos I was yeah. like fuck that's cool that's so cool yeah. what is that that guy is like showing me something that no one else here is showing me you right. know yeah, yeah, yeah. i love that and i still love that i and it's rare to find like unique people you know like everybody's unique but like that are open to show yeah, it you know right, and when right, you right. see tattoos it's just like it's right there like i get what leah's saying about the neck like she, when she will say it it'll make sense like oh if you do a neck it'll be blah, blah. but i think i think part of my mission not that it's too serious a mission but it'll be like no i want to be like i can do whatever i want and still be the same person Mm -hmm. and still come off the same way and still achieve the same things and get the same messages i want to get out there out there with no matter what yeah you know what i mean no matter what like no matter what i'm wearing or tattooed on me or whatever i do why is that different from what i do like yeah oh you're just a construction worker you just build houses Mm -hmm. so why should i listen to you yeah yeah, titles, uh, you know, yeah. working in the temporal world where we're yeah. constantly like perceiving people off judgment and our visual perception of them, which is really cool when you get to hear like a podcast or something where you kind of make up who they are in your mind yeah. and you're really just listening to the words. You know what I mean? Like you don't sit and have a conversation too often where, um, well, Ron, actually you do this. I've noticed you kind of sit with your eyes closed sometimes when you, when you talk. And I like that because you really can take in a lot more of somebody when you stop looking at them. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. Because everything is kind of, it's all false in a way, yeah, you know, yeah. your, 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 your visual perception of somebody is, uh, it's not, it's not what you should be going off of. Right. You know? Um, I want to talk about your music and your book as well. Cool. Um, I love your music. Thanks. I love it. Yeah, I love you're talking it. about Coyote specifically. Yeah, I yeah. love. Well, I mean, Coyote specifically, I do love Coyote. Yeah, but I love also when when you just like remember at my party, my fiftieth. Yeah, the kind of fun party we had. <laughs> I had a great time. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> and uh, 
just when you picked up the guitar. I mean, even Bella. Yeah. Was I mean, what was it? One thirty in the morning. Everyone was exhausted, <laughs> and uh, and you the 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 amp was at about all the way on thirty. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and even Bella was like. Uh, he's really good. And I was like, I know, I love it. <laughs> My ears are bleeding. Yeah. <laughs> like it physically hurts, but I'm enjoying it. But yeah, Coyote, I love it. Yeah. I love it. It's amazing. Coyote is like, um, I mean, well, how do you describe it? Dude, that's one of those things that we, we we can't figure out what to call it. Yeah, what genre? You know, or... in, the, in the metal, in the music world, it's considered atmospheric sludge. Which is kind of a weird term. Yeah. It, most but I people get it. don't even know what the word sludge is. Yeah. You know what I mean? But the word conveys a certain sound. But sludge comes back to like bands like Neurosis and Isis. Right. Uh, even Mastodon would fit in there. Mm-hmm. Free bands I don't even really listen to. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, ambient. That does fit. Loud you ambient. You know what I mean? But the thing, yeah, it's yeah. we're like we're we're the lo- we're one of the loudest bands. Like we're fucking loud. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, but it's so good. Rob is like my favorite drummer in the entire yeah, world. He's an animal. Literally. You're like an he's animal. Un- beast. Unbelievable. Yeah. Unbelievable. Like he's just eyes roll up into the back of his head. <laughs> he goes away and he just, I mean, I've never seen anyone hit drums harder. It's incredible. That, good thing he makes them. <laughs> that That's music, why he makes his own drums. He's like, I better build these. That music only happens with the three of us. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. No, I, it's very evident. Yeah, yeah. I play with, tons of musicians and yeah. it never comes out like that yeah and that's the that's the cool part and that, it took me a long time to recognize what was happening yeah. it's though it's me nat and rob being yeah. in a room together with instruments yeah. and, and just being the masters of where you're each what, yeah what we you're are each so, we're doing friends and, so we're comfortable yeah. like we can we can get weird we can you know if you're having a bad day i hear it i hear you having a bad day yeah. you know what i mean that's yeah. cool yeah and and the 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 really strange part about making a coyote song, which is, um, you know, being instrumental, like we can just go into a room and just start playing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. Know? So like, so coyote is keep your opinions to yourself. It's yeah. an acronym, mm-hmm. right? Keep your opinions. Coyote, all caps. Yeah, we change the acronym sometimes, but yeah. <laughs> pretty much keep your. Opinions I bet you to do. <laughs> and uh, and it's uh, Nick on guitar and Rob on drums and Nat on bass yeah. and uh, and you're like you said like you were describing before the guitar is really like sounds yeah it, it isn't sounds, like yeah. like like li- literally sometimes unrecognizable as guitar yeah unless you really know what you're listening to yeah and you play with the amp and you play with, I you consider know, the amp. 50% of the instrument. Yeah, you know? yeah. And then and then there's really, I mean, again, speaking to, like, you kind of are the orchestrator, orchestrator. It looks like, like the that. Leader. Yeah, it looks like that because I move a lot on stage. Yeah, and yeah. you, I think you're a, a lot um, to do with the visuals behind. So that's a big part of the show, no, too. No, actually, visuals. that's Nat. Oh, really? Nat does that. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, super cool. Yeah, I mean, he awesome. does all that stuff. Um, he's the visual guy behind, oh, yeah. um, like everything, like the way we look. Because we don't we don't look like anything. We just wear black clothes and we yeah. try not to be seen on stage. Yeah. The way we look is definitely like a accumulation idea of the three of us mm-hmm. in a room coming up with it. But it's it's Nat. Yeah, that's cool. I didn't know that. Yeah, Nat is definitely behind like. Uh, the flyering, the way the flyers look, mm-hmm. everything. Yeah, always I know he's goes like doing together. like graphic stuff, mm-hmm. and that all looks looks really good. It's a it's a combination, like because Rob is a photographer, yeah, 
and I'm a, an artist and, and, you know, so, mm-hmm. and then that being an artist as well, the three of us, that's what comes out. Yeah. It's amazing. Um, it's really cool. Like yeah. in the last show with your lit up guitar, yeah, the guitar neck yeah, yeah. with the lights on it. I mean, yeah. it's such a, it's incredible visual. It, it, the visuals fit perfect with the sound. Yeah. And it's just this heavy. I mean, it's heavy. What happens when I you hear it? it? I want to know. Um, when it's live and you're standing there just getting... I mean, I, for me, I don't know. For me personally, it's like, I know you, you know, so I'm really, but I love Rob's drumming, you know? So I'm kind of like a, I'm a Rob head in a way because I just like, I love watching him drum, but, uh, but I am so impressed with you, but as a person as well as, so I love, I just, I love appreciating what you're doing personally. Uh, I meant more like sonically, like is it what's stimulating in your mind? Well, all of this, I'm, I'm describing it. It's like everything. Cause for me, it's like this emotional, like it really is. It's like, I'm here, I'm involved, I'm engaged. I'm, I'm watching, I'm, I'm really appreciating all the visuals. Um, it's so friggin' loud that you're, you're literally feeling it. Yeah. And, and I just, I just drift. I don't, Musically, I don't tune into the bass as much. Yeah. I do. I like it, and I appreciate it's how much It's there more of a, than you think it is. I know. That's the funny thing about Nat. It adds to the work. weight. Yeah. It if definitely, you took him out, you'd be like, oh, yeah. this isn't that. Yeah. yeah. No, I do I do totally yeah. get that, and I appreciate that. Um, do you want to listen to it a little bit? I have to turn your mics off to do it, but I can blast, well, I can kind of blast this in. Yeah, I, I'd like to. Sure. What song There's are you going to play? potential for feedback, but because I haven't done this before. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, let's try. Let's let's experiment. All right. It'll be cool. Yeah, or okay. yeah. Okay, I'll, I'll I'll dare it. All what right. Like to hear. I'll do off Geomancy one. Um, well, I'm on Bandcamp, so it looks like it's just a couple. Yeah, of the first, first song. First one. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Track. All right. Let's. Uh, where this is a. Happens, yeah, this right? is an experiment. Good luck, people. Yeah, because you guys are coming to the speakers too, so I gotta be careful. Yeah. Oh, it's just gonna be the mics picking up this. No, I got it. Just give me okay. one sec yeah. here. I think I know exactly how to do it. Let's give it a whack. <laughs>
Oh, we're still live? I can't hear me. So that's um, uh, Coyote. <laughs> Boom. Okay. Are these back live? We can't hear ourselves in the headphones yet. Um, I'm glad we played that though. All right, because yeah. <laughs> well, because to your question was. Um, well, now yeah, now you now you're now it's fresh. Yeah, exactly, and uh, it it makes me. Uh, what it does, it makes me feel like super alive. Yeah, and it makes me feel really like believe like optimistic is a word I I would use. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, it makes me feel like it makes me feel um glasses half full kind of guy. Yeah, but it's maybe optimistic isn't quite the right word. It's it's um, it's energized. You know what I mean? Like I feel um, I feel like anxious to go do something. Yeah, in a way, you know what I mean. It makes me feel just like yeah, nice. Like here we're I'm alive. We're alive here. This is really like exciting, and I don't know how it's, I can't really do much better than that right now. But yeah, it's to it, me it brings a lot of thought. You know. Yeah. Um, because it's because it's not telling you to think anything. Yeah, no. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's be, words, Which is cool about no lyrics. Yeah, yeah, yeah word yeah. words are confusing. Words are only one sided. Yeah. You know what I mean? Words almost force the hand when it's just like music. It's just like you just do what you want with mm-hmm. this and and like go where it takes you. Yeah, lyrics and music is pretty new. Yeah, you know, you think of classical music or like tribal music and stuff. Like it was like a lot of like bringing stuff. Yeah, you know, like this, that's true. That's a good know, point. Instrumentation, you know. Um, pop sensibilities is kind of like what we're pretty pretty used to yeah. now you know like a, a simple structure and um and vocals telling you what to think and how to feel yeah. and what the what my the, song means my song yeah, means my this mom, yeah exactly yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah i i love it like i i always think the shows are way too short yeah i'm always like i could do another that's that's, could do that's another hour of this yeah thanks we try to leave it <laughs> we try to leave it like that you know? yeah if if you feel like you never want to leave them, like all right, that's enough. Did I tell you about listening to your album with Bella? No. Oh my Which god. Which one? That one? Yeah. Uh, the black one. The, yeah. Yeah. Geomancy. Yeah. So we got it uh, at your you show. Vinyl, I, yeah. I bought it the vinyl at your show, and then um, we took it to the space, and and Bella and I was like, "You got to check," because Bella hadn't heard you guys yet. And I was like, "Yeah, she's you, too young. She has never been to a show right, that yeah. she could see us." Yeah, yeah. So she she was she liked it too. Like like. You know, she wasn't like, oh my God, this is great. But she, <laughs> yeah. we listened to the whole thing. Yeah. You know, and at the end of 15 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The whole, well, for she's 16. That's, yeah. that's a, yeah, that's, that's a two hour movie. <laughs> and, um, we, so we got to the end. Yeah. Think about the end of your album for a minute. Yeah. We got to the end. And my thought process was, you know what? Fuck you, Nick. I'm going to listen to this whole thing. You're not going to drive me away with this noise. <laughs> And we're sitting there and, uh, and, and then we, we like, Bella and I just start talking and then we sort of come back and we're like, this noise is still going. And then I suddenly, the light bulb goes off and I'm going like that fucking bastard. <laughs> I was going to beat him and he beat me. Yeah, man. And so at the end of Nick's album is, is like a, it's a sound, it's this horrible heinous. screech, this heinous noise that's in an endless groove in the album. So it never stops. And I'm just thinking I'm going to, I can listen to this until it ends. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, when your power goes out or when the, you know, the record player dies. Sure. 
<laughs> oh my god, it's really Val, Val and I had a good laugh at that because that's what we say. Like, it's a one-sided record, but it doesn't end. It's yeah, yeah. It's a very long. It's the side. longest one-sided record <laughs> yeah. in history. I'm really stoked on that thing. The yeah. one side being all laser etched and all that. Yeah, 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 yeah. it was a really cool. We put ourselves in a big, pretty deep hole on that one. Hopefully, yeah. we'll sell some records. You should, man. <laughs> that's a, you know. I wish we got I'd... another tour coming up, so hopefully, yeah, we'll sell some more. Yeah, I love it. I think live music is is changing too you know what i mean like i think live music is kind of dying you know like yeah. playing being on tour and, sh- and showing up to these shows and we're like oh yeah man we're playing chicago yeah to no one chirp chirp to no one yeah because they don't know who we are if we don't look good in whatever the square format is on mm, their phone or sound Instagram. good playing through their laptop like yeah. they're not showing up or if we don't have the likes or have generated enough attention for them, they're not showing up. Yeah, we, we yeah, it's it's you're not just you're not just a musician anymore. You're, yeah, you're a marketer, a you're a you're a social media There's expert. There's so much cool stuff happening. And everyone and I hate it when I, I get it all the time, you know, like uh you know, Led Zeppelin would be on, you know, at the shop. Be like, Oh man, no man's like this anymore. You're like, yeah, when's the last time you've been to a show? You know what I mean? Yeah. You don't know. Right. Like, there's tons of cool music going on. Like, get out, dude. Like, mm-hmm. there are so many. Like, it's not over. It's not over at all. Yeah. Like. And it's true. Like, I'll, I'll go, and I'm guilty. I don't I, I don't see enough live music, and sometimes I do have the opportunity, and I kind of, every once in a while, I'm like, eh, I don't feel like it tonight, and I don't. Every single time I do, I'm always glad I did. I'm always just like... I want to meet the person. I usually do. I usually yeah. like go up and like meet the people and be like, that was awesome. You guys were frigging great. That was really cool. Well, you're, you're a little older than me. So the, my age group, I have noticed people don't want to attend public gatherings mm. at all unless there is a opportunity to feel like they're part of this thing. And it's kind of hard to explain. Mm, so like mean, yeah. if... They don't want to show up and it's and it sucks. That's I mean, basically, you know what I mean? But like if if they know if they know that they're gonna text like thirty of their friends. Hey, yeah. you going, you going, you going, yeah. you going, you know yeah. what I mean? No, nah, man, I don't mean, you know what I mean? It's yeah. like so they're not going. It's almost cool not to. Yeah, I'm not going. Oh no, uh, no, I I you know no I'm not gonna, gonna go if no one's gonna be there. Yeah. So why can't you go? Because it's still awesome. Yeah. You're you should be just be stoked on the event, not the the occurrence beyond the stage but what's happening right there yeah you are a part of that yeah. you are witness to that yeah. you are a part of that feel history. free to be present yeah yeah it sucks you know i it's we're really in a weird time where i think like like entertainment outside of the the flat screen is is dying mm-hmm. you know but i'm saying that from somebody from new hampshire i don't know somebody from new york could be slap me upside the head and be like are you talking about like it's killing it out here you know yeah. but i mean i feel i play enough shows and i'm part of it you know i don't see it you know i'm guilty too i don't go to every show too i think that i think that pub, uh people also are now more afraid of being in public just in general mm. we're, we're way more just comfortable well yeah yeah, yeah. i mean uh, to some degree there's like what's the point i'm going to be doing the same thing in public that i'm going to be doing at home and be sitting looking at my phone and looking yeah. what everyone else is doing yeah and every, everybody posting elsewhere. on their phone every time yeah. every show like i want to ah, oh yeah no phones please yeah, yeah i say it on a stage you know i make a comment every time like just be here be here right now with yeah. us yeah put it away 
Yeah. It's just in your pocket. It's just in your pocket and you're catching up to it. It's not catching up to you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like put it away. You don't need it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Whole nother podcast. Yeah. That makes me crazy. Um, all right. What's your book about? Everything. <laughs> <laughs> Came about right after that uh, mushroom experience. Yeah. Everything meaning like not your, it's not a memoir. No, 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 yeah. it's, no! It's not so personal. It, I mean, it's it's everything's personal because it's coming out of me, but it's 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 about everything. Yeah. What genre is it going to be in? Self help. That's the only way to describe it. Yeah. If you read it, and, philosophy. Yeah, philosophy yeah, for yeah. sure. I have a guy who's a what is he a political philosopher right now, or he's a graduate student in Richmond, Virginia, and he's he's reading it right now to give me some some point of views and kind of edit it a little bit, you know, yeah. cause I'm not a writer. Yeah. I don't know what I'm doing. I just know I have to do this. So yeah. I need it to be tangible. And I, sometimes I go back and I read it and I'm like, I don't really know the point I'm trying to make here. You know what I mean? Which mm. is cool because like, it shows me like how I think at a different point of time. You know what I mean? Mm. Uh, I start saying all this stuff, like kind of feverishly just getting it out, you know? And then I come back and I'm like, that doesn't make sense. Hence the editor. Hence the editor. I need yeah. a, another pair of eyes on that thing. Yeah, I bet. I wouldn't even know where to begin. Uh, so the book is called You Have No You Are Alone, You Have No Role. And the other side of the book is called You Are Not Alone, You Have a Role. And both sides read towards the center. Mm. They make the oh, exact cool. same point. That. The same point. Which you'll find when you read the book. Mm. And the point is in right there. Right in you. Yeah. I mean, I already get it. Yeah. We haven't read the book. So some stuff you don't know. <laughs> I might. Yeah, you might. It, you really might just read cuz the thing is, I think it, everyone knows. Yeah. No, I know. When you have these like psychedelic experiences, you're kind of you're kind of like you, you never learn. You never learn anything new. You just go, oh, mm-hmm. "I know. Yeah. Why do I not listen to myself? Why yeah. do I hold this all or why don't More I? Yeah, than yeah, yeah, else, exactly. You know? Why isn't this always omnipresent? Yeah, yeah. Why aren't I always holding this and 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 enlightening everyone else that isn't going through this? So then you do. Yeah. Then you start bringing that into your life, and then you, you're a crazy person. Yeah. You know what I mean? You start working like really outside of the construct of this paradigm of just like you know everything. Every, I mean, it's everything. It's everything. It's so huge. It's it's literally everything is the construct that makes you the way you are. Um, working outside of that paradigm makes you. Um, it, it's not. It doesn't make you lonely. It it, it can, I can make you feel kind of crazy. It yeah. can just make you feel crazy. What am I doing? Um, recently, you know, I was kind of going through like some some like a problem. Like I was kind of going through a like an existential psychedelic like post traumatic psychedelic crisis. Yeah. I was in an antique store. This is, so I took it, you know, I took my, uh, I, I had my trip in November and then in February, February 21st, it was my birthday. Mm. It was on my birthday. Mm. I went to an antique store and uh, I started seeing these vases, like the vases you would put flowers in, these antique glass vases that were really intricate and they have geometric patterns all over them. Uh, the kind that your grandmother would have, and they're 
put cookies in or whatever. You've seen them. They're opalescent and they're very colorful or whatever. Yeah, I saw them and I, you know, I'm always thinking. I'm always like taking in and ingesting the world, you know, and and thinking and talking in my head and looking at it all, especially now. Oh, not 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 especially now. You know what I mean. Then, it's, it's now it's a little. I have a little bit more that I can bring to the table of these thoughts. You know. So when I'm looking at these vases, I'm like, wow, these are really like reminiscent of like my psychedelic experience when I'm having these geometric patterns kind of floating over me and metaphorically giving me the notion that all life is interconnected and this really crazy big cosmic you surrender to the idea that you'll never understand all of this but this like god-laden thing that works from the telescopic to the microscopic and somewhere within this infinite reality Mm -hmm. all these realities you are so when i'm looking at this vase i'm seeing those moments in time that i've been and it's calling back now the external, the thing I'm holding in my hand is calling back all these internal thoughts. And I get lost in it. I see the intricate patterns all over it. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I get it. And I know I like when I look at my hand, I can see like the structure of my skin and how it's just perfectly creased in all the right spots for me to move, you know, and that my fingers bend in all the right spots. And I look at the tree and it comes out of the ground and the the, the limbs come out and the the leaves come off of the the branches and everything is just working so perfectly. And then the leaves fall and then they die and they go back into the earth and they rot and it feeds the trees. And it's just this ever cycle. And I'm seeing all this in the vase, Mm. you know, that sounds comforting. It sounds kind of beautiful. You know (laughs) what I mean? It sounds like, Oh, I get it. Like I know, but it's coming with this like anxiety and it's like this heaviness. Stop following. What is all this? What is all this? The moment I'm done looking at one vase, I look right inches to the left and there's another one infinitely different and what that shows you is that like everybody is so infinitely different yet they're all the same they're all vases they're all made of glass they're all color they're all have geometric patterns if they're all so different and i can look at them from a vase or i can go all the way with inside them and look at what it's made out of and i can look at all those little patterns reflecting light in all the different directions and when is it not the vase anymore and that's when i start thinking mm-hmm. of myself when am i no longer myself so if i'm looking at you chris and i'm looking at your eyes and the thing that's looking back at me there's the eyes and then i can get further and further and further inside of who i'm looking at but when does it not become Chris Dempsey? If your hair falls off your head and I hold it in my hand, is it Chris Dempsey or is it just a hair? You know, that's the only way to mm. kind of explain this thought, you know? And, and if you think of like infinity, which is something that we're in right now, this is infinite. I think that is eternal. I th- uh, if you look at stars emitting light down towards us, we are of this earth, which is emitting light. We are a star in this big thing emitting light that way. And we are of this earth. So if we stand outside right now and we looked up at the sky, at some point in time, our reflection is going off into space. So therefore, we are infinite. Mm. We are part of everything. We never end. So is that me out there? Or is this me right here? (laughs) When do I stop? When do I begin? So these are the kind of concepts that are in my book. Mm. Which are really just conversations. No, they're they're very deliberate. Actually, the point that that I just made and that 
in this whole little thing that I just did. Mm-hmm. That's actually going to probably be in another book. I've, I'm already on my next <laughs> good, one. Good. Caught within infinity. That's why I've already named it. But it, in in my my uh, take and my sort of opinion is is uh, it is it's sort of a conversation in the sense of um, we can just talk about that. You know, where it's like there is no answer to your question. There is no answers. Right. So um, it's, so it's, yeah. that's what I mean. It's a dialogue. It's there's no answer to the question. The, yeah, the book really is um, kind of matter of fact. Answer. It is matter of fact. It's and, but it's it's you know it's my opinions or whatever, and it's speaking to you very directly. Um, but it's, it's speaking to you directly on the negative, which you could perceive as positive, or you could read it from the other side, which is positive, which you could perceive as negative. And that's why I don't like the value of words because I think that I truly can't speak what's coming out of me. Mm. Um, because a word only holds one side of the positive or the negative, depending on how I say it. And that's also how you interpret it. Mm-hmm. So the words out there being negative and positive at the same time, and you interpret it being negative or positive, especially with texting now. Mm-hmm. I mean, how many times can you get into an argument with somebody and you're like, dude, I just meant like, hold on a minute. You know what I mean? Like you, whatever it was, you know? I just meant dot, dot, dot. Yeah, dot, dot, dot. He's so impatient. <laughs> exactly, you know? So things like that. So when I'm writing the book, I, I'm writing positive and negative at the exact same time. Yeah, yeah, one yeah. side of the book is one and one side of the book is the other. And I, I do hope that the person who reads the book, I want it to fall into their hands in the side that they start reading. That's the side you start reading. Yeah. It's up to circumstance. I don't believe in fate because fate is just predicting the probability of our history. It's, it's, it's circumstance. If something falls into your lap and you start reading it on that right. side, that's circumstance. And I, I think agree. that there's some connection between you and the reason that side of the book is facing you. Yeah. One side of the book, the, uh, the word starts with no. The other starts with yes. Not Everything well. is a parallel within, yeah, 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 within yeah. itself and yeah. all points to the one point. Oh, you mean the, the first word on literally, the first page? Literally. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. Everything is it. It's a yin-yang, yeah. which has become like... I agree with you about the fate uh, versus circumstance. I don't believe in fate. I don't either. believe in fate yeah, either. Yeah, yeah. I, I talk about that too. Yeah, but I do believe in in circumstance. But and and the it, what you do with the circumstance. So whether I pick up that book, and 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 the circumstance was that I picked up the white the side first, okay, and it sure, says yeah. yes. Um, then I can read the whole book, mm-hmm. and then I can come up with my own interpretation of the circumstance of why I picked up yes first. Well, it's funny that you even say the yes side because I think that the book would naturally fall in your hands as the yes side. Yeah. Just knowing you, yeah, yeah. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if the book fell in your hands and you read the yes side first. Yeah. But I would think it would be really great for you to end on the no side. Right. Because it, in the end, it still makes the same argument. Yeah. It all meets in the middle, which is you. Yeah. And I would, yeah. And I would see both. And, and That's what we're trying yeah, to do in every conversation, every moment of our, li- of our lives. We should be trying to have a, a balanced vantage point of, of this reality. But the biggest thing that's not happening is a, is a balanced psyche, which is like focusing inwards. That's where I can say that there are no answers because I can't tell you what's, how to interpret yourself. Right. You can, I can only guide you towards yourself. Um, is objective a word that you would describe as, um, uh, I forget what I was. I mean, I certainly use the word objective and non-objective a lot in the book. Yeah. I mean, that's what I was going to say, like to have, to try to have it, to try. uh, It sounds like you're describing maybe trying to have a, an objective sort of attitude. A non-objective. 
Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, better put. <laughs> yeah, non-objective, at, like, attitude. Yeah. Like, you, you want, you're open to, you, it's very hard to perceive two things at the same time, you yeah. know what I mean? But it's, it's we, we should be striving towards that. I, I, I try, and it's hard, you know? Yeah. Um, I think Annie, your first client, I, I really resonated with that one because when she says, it's I funny can't. that you say client because all your I know people client, your, yeah. People sorry, your fir- the, the people that you interviewed, yeah, they're, yeah. they're fir- your first interviewer. Yeah. But the, the um, she says a lot of times when like people are coming at her or or you, I don't remember, I can't say verbatim what the what the situation was, but she can always see. She looks through mm. the reaction yeah. and can see the cause. Um, again, that's her perception of the cause, but it's oh, the, her her perception is right because yeah, yeah. she's seeing that there's more to what's going on. If somebody's coming at you and they're having a bad day. It's not a bad day, you know what yeah. I mean? It's it's all the stuff like underneath that. Yeah, yeah. It's the way they it's the way they interpret what's going on around them and what they're choosing to do with it. Yeah. And so, so she's sort of tuning into that and uh, and steering them appropriately. Somebody had a drinking game. Every time I said, "You know what I mean," they'd be hammered right now. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I can't stop it. <laughs> I can't stop. I, every time I say it, I'm like, "Why am I doing it?" It's, it's the damn microphones and the headphones. I think <laughs> I don't think I ever say that. You know what I mean? Yeah, you know what I mean. All <laughs> <laughs> uh, right, on man. Yeah. Anything else for me to talk about now? <laughs> I'll start now. Yeah, and you go. <laughs> I think uh, when we I was eleven, a to B. yeah, like, <laughs> we got a lot. What's this? This is the longest podcast, probably, maybe so far. Yeah, it's a long one. Yeah. Been a while. Um, you know, you didn't uh, your tattoo shop in Dover, New Hampshire, Hidden yeah. History. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I worked there. Yeah, in that place, Hidden History. Steve, Kyle, and Quinny. Give that a little plug. Steve Minerva, the uh, co-owner. Yeah, Black Arm Tim. Yeah. That's what I call him. Black Hawk Tim. Yeah. And uh, Kyle and Quinny. Yeah, you're, that, that is one thing about your shot, man. Those guys, you all are so crazy talented. Yeah, dude, it's, it's home. It's unbelievable. I love it. Yeah. 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 But no, but like one amazing people. Yeah, like literally home. Like I yeah. walk in there, it's like walking into Cheers. Yeah. You know, and uh, great guys, totally like that whole tattoo parlor you know uh vibe that people think is happening like this place is just amazing people yeah i always wonder i'm curious like what people feel when they walk in there because it's it's my shop yeah it's not it's not a regular tattoo shop i'm not a regular tattooer you know what i mean like none of you are (laughs) but yeah yeah (laughs) said it again (laughs) but uh, (laughs) hey nick we know what you mean. <laughs> you're very, you're very clear with your words. Every time you speak, we know. It's my pause. What you mean? It's my pause. It's yeah. My uh, yeah. you know, uh, yeah. very unattractive. You know, <laughs> uh, uh, is very unattractive. Uh. You know what I mean? Is it's, it's sort of adorable. <laughs> so are we done? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I just wanted to plug your shop a little bit. Cool. Yep. Good people. Nothing else to plug, really. Amazing work. Yeah, yeah buy the album. Yeah, Coyote. Yeah, does Coyote have a website? Yep. Yeah, that's how he found us. I just type in kyoty.com. Yeah. Or just look up that. And buy the friggin' album. Yeah. There's a lot of them there in the space. There's a lot of albums waiting to make people happy. Yeah. To make people all cheery. <laughs> yeah. 
however you want to take it in. <laughs> yeah. All right. Right on. Thanks for being my first male. I don't know how to respond to that. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, I love you. Love you, too. Oh, Wait I got it. an I love you, too. The rare from Nick. I was waiting for it. Uh, Damn, you know what I mean?